Has the Xbox Activision deal been approved by the CMA? Well, if you only read headlines or thumbnails from the people who have been cheering for this deal, you might think that over the weekend on March 26th, 25th, that it was signed, sealed, and delivered, but it hasn't been. And many people are wondering why that is. What actually was the findings? What actually has transpired here? I'm going to look at the actual provisional findings of the CMA and their conclusions because it's quite interesting in light of Call of Duty playing a central role still to this day, which could actually help Sony in a different way than maybe people are thinking right now. This is definitely a win for Xbox, don't get me wrong, but it is just one piece of the actual provisional findings. So I put all the good information right here at the beginning so you don't have to go looking for it. So make sure you hit subscribe and the bell button. That way you do not miss these uploads. So many people have been claiming that the CMA approved the Xbox Activision deal in response to the recently updated provisional findings. If you actually read what they said, however, it is clear that the deal has not been approved yet. Okay, this isn't COPE. This isn't some Sony fan who can't deal with the fact that Xbox got a little bit of a win here, but the deal's not been approved, so people that are saying that it's been approved are just flat out lying. That is not true. Now, this is within the realm of console game competitiveness within the UK. It's more of a dispute about Call of Duty and its impact on what competition would look like in UK console gaming, and this will likely provoke a response from Sony that may help their case for concessions and more rigid contracts and commitments from Microsoft, depending on how the CMA views their own findings. So first, I want to look at what the CMA actually said instead of just the people who headline hunt and put up thumbnails that are like, it's approved! No, it's not. Second, I want to look at the fact of why hasn't the deal been approved yet? What exactly is holding it back? What's our timeline look like right now? And I would also like to consider why is mobile not a part of the conversation? Why has mobile not entered into the picture? Lastly, I do think this will help Sony in their push for specificity and rigidity with regards to Call of Duty. Let me read what was stated so that you can see why I think that. So first what the CMA actually said. A careful read of this will show you that many are jumping the gun claiming the deal's been approved. Just my measured reading of this will likely evoke claims that I am a Sony pony in denial or that I am mad. Simply reading facts and reading documents will get you called all kind of wonderful names because people are really, really evoking and embedding their own identity into this as if a trillion dollar company getting to buy a bunch of... property is some kind of a win for them personally which is a little bit weird I have said for a long time I ultimately think the deal will go through I've said that since late 2022 I said with enough concessions and enough moves from Microsoft I've continued to say I think the deal will go through it got a little it got a little dim there for a while it felt like man everybody's beating up on Microsoft and kind of weighing in but Microsoft has held their position I think rather well I've continued to say they've handled the public P are immaculately and they've done a very good job of making everybody focus on call of duty instead of mobile which is hilarious as that red herring has worked seemingly even with the cma but they haven't looked at mobile yet which is something i'm still waiting on it seems that the big push that microsoft made for the next 10 years with all the contracts that they threw out there really has helped them with respect to what the cma concluded now for the sake of being clear 
I don't want anybody to think I'm cherry picking. I want to read through their actual like opening statements here. Now the actual PDF gets down into the minutia of like why they rejected the one year analysis, why they felt like they should look at a longer tail of analysis. Then they started looking at a five year analysis that gets really exhaustive and it just starts to feel like you're reading legalese. This is from their provisional findings. This is official government documentation. If you don't feel like reading the super lengthy PDF, I think these paragraphs do a great job, but I don't want to rip anything out of context, so I'm going to read basically everything they said. It's five images. It's not as much as previous videos that I have done. In February, the Competition and Markets Authority CMA published provisional findings setting out that the deal raises competition concerns in relation to both console gaming and cloud gaming services in the UK. The publication of the provisional findings initiated a period of consultation in which the CMA invited responses to those findings from interested parties and continue to gather further information. Now, you're going to notice they're stating that they had two primary concerns here. They had console gaming and cloud gaming, okay? Keep that in mind. This is in the UK. This is just their considerations for console gaming and cloud gaming services in the UK. I'm not sure if they're going to launch a new inquiry or if they're going to lean on different regulators to look at the potential mobile gaming market impact. I don't know why that's absent from this. I've I've not been able to figure out why nobody's looking at mobile because it's like a thousand times bigger than console gaming, not necessarily larger than cloud gaming, because a lot of cloud gaming is sort of interwoven into mobile gaming, but it just hasn't been a part of their considerations. Maybe in their mind, mobile is under the umbrella of cloud, okay? So this is the one part I think that remains strangely quiet from the regulators, so we'll see what happens with mobile. Now, what did they conclude? The CMA has received a significant amount of new evidence in response to its original provisional findings. Having considered this new evidence carefully together with the wide range of information gathered before those provisional findings were issued, the CMA inquiry group has updated its provisional findings and reached the provisional conclusion they love that word provisional uh, overall the transaction will not result in a substantial lessening of competition in relation to console gaming in the UK. Now, the careful reader will see this is just a provisional finding, just a provisional conclusion with respect to console gaming in the UK. Anybody saying this deal is done and approved is not paying attention. They're not looking at the scope of the deal, and they're rushing to claim the deal is done. These people were saying the same thing in October and November of 2022. They said, this deal is as good as done. The regulators won't get in the way. Those people have had to continue to shift the goalposts and their narrative, and now again, they're forcing a narrative. This is not been approved it is a provisional conclusion with respect to console gaming in the uk this isn't even a global market consideration i don't even know if a regulator is going to be able to do that but that's all this is consideration about so how do they come to this conclusion you might wonder well call of duty's at the center of this these documents are getting so large i'm running out of screen space right the most significant new evidence provided to the cma relates to microsoft's financial incentives to make activision games including call of duty exclusive to its own consoles while the cma's original analysis indicated that this strategy would be profitable under most scenarios new data which provides better insight into the actual purchasing behavior of cod gamers 
indicates that this strategy would be significantly loss-making under any plausible scenario. On this basis, the updated analysis now shows that it would not be commercially beneficial to Microsoft to make COD exclusive to Xbox following the deal, but that Microsoft will instead still have the incentive to continue to make the game available on PlayStation. Now, this is something I said last year when a lot of the big Xbox fans were saying, yeah, PlayStation is about to lose Call of Duty. I was like, that's not going to happen, okay? I've always maintained that I believed Xbox when they said they were going to leave it in place. I have also argued, however, again and again, that Sony's concerns were valid and their push for specificity and parity is in their own best interest long term. These are business decisions and arguments. It's not personal both things can be true I can say listen I really don't think Microsoft's going to have a financial reason to remove Call of Duty from PlayStation they've admitted they can't convert PlayStation users they've admitted they're counting on the revenue their own fiduciary duty to their shareholders would make it very very hard to do a foreclosure strategy on Call of Duty because they would lose billions of dollars however that doesn't mean that Sony should not be concerned that doesn't mean that Sony should just wave a hand and say this deal can go through them protecting their revenue streams is a business decision it's not tantrum throwing it's not crying it's just being good at what they do it's how they became the market leader it's funny how everybody sort of claims they're the market leader and they should just shut up and allow competition to get a new foothold in the market but they also act like sony you know i guess became a what the, the the number one in the market by being nice like that's not what these companies do it's not what microsoft does okay according to recent documents that we reported on Microsoft seems to have plans to shift the line on incentive over the next 10 years. That's something to consider. I, I watched Hoag Law this morning. I was like, watch Hoag Law, watch Hoag Law. I was like, I'm going to put him on times two because he's going to read the PDF. And I don't feel like reading the PDF this time. And one of the main things in the PDF is they kept focusing on five years. They wanted to look at a five-year analysis of like what this would do to revenue and why Microsoft would have an incentive to leave Call of Duty on PlayStation. Well, they kept focusing on five years. And some of that, I think, is because, listen... After 10 years, Microsoft could move the line on incentivization and find reason to give less Call of Duty to PlayStation. Maybe they don't give everything to PlayStation. Maybe by then they renegotiate the contracts and everything that they're handing to everybody and say, hey, this is ours now, and if you want to play it, you got to come over here. Microsoft's strategy with Microsoft Office, I think, is a telling symbol of what they might do with software that they own long term. They'll say, hey, (laughs) this game, this piece of software is endemic now. Now we can put it behind a subservice, and if you want it, you got to come to us to play us. Now, why would Sony need to create a rival if it's always going to be incentivized to be on PlayStation? That's the question that I think Sony may be asking, saying, hey, listen, we don't quite understand the, the reasoning and the logic here. If you always have an incentive to leave Call of Duty on PlayStation, why would you say 10 years is enough time for us to create a rival? These things seem to be mutually exclusive. Now, they're not necessarily mutually exclusive, but they could be. You could consider the fact that, like, hey, they're kind of giving us a warning shot here. This is something that Sony may draw attention to, and they may request that the CMA consider long-term ramifications and the potential damage as opposed to what they looked at now. Because right now, these provisional findings are inviting new evidence. That's part of what this is. That's another thing you might not be getting from the coverage of the people that are like, pro-merger cheerleaders, okay? They're saying, listen, we're open to new evidence now. And Sony may say, listen, you considered one year, 
year. Microsoft pushed back and said that was too short of a window. You then considered five. You have to consider 10 years and beyond. You can't just consider the immediate future. You have to consider the actual potential power they will have. Not what they will do, but what they could do. That's what these regulators are supposed to consider. Everybody keeps saying the regulators are only supposed to protect the consumer. That's a false talking point. You probably heard from a blog or a YouTuber. That's not true. These regulators are supposed to protect the market, and the market is made up of more than just consumers. It's made up of businesses, and those businesses have a right to protect their revenue. And so Sony may put counter uh, evidence, counter argumentation to say, you need to consider their own 10-year warning that they basically gave to us in documents just a week ago. Now, these incentives are only going to mainly stay in place if... Call of Duty stays where it is. That's central to the argumentation of the CMA here. Ownership changing of Call of Duty could change all that. Now let's look at a paragraph that many are likely leaving out of their coverage as it clearly states that the deal is not approved yet. This is probably absent from the people cheering for this deal, running with you know false headlines and thumbnails and saying, yeah, the deal's been approved. No, it hasn't. The CMA's addendum to its provisional findings today relates only to competition in the supply of consoles and not to competition in the supply of cloud gaming services where the CMA is continuing to carefully consider the responses provided in relation to the original provisional findings. The CMA's merger investigation continues and it remains due to its issue on final report on the April on April 26th of 2023. So it is currently still a month away from being done. And they have to consider all the potential influence that this could have on the cloud gaming market. And again, I where in the world is mobile? Is Apple going to weigh in? Is Google going to weigh in? What about China? What about all of the major players in the mobile environment and the mobile market? We're not seeing that. So cloud gaming could just be another kicking the can down the road. And once they finish those provisional findings, a new player may enter the ring and say, hey, hang on a minute. You considered console. You considered cloud. What about mobile? Here's all of our concerns. And that could launch an entirely new inquiry and investigation, pushing the deal even further down the road. And just so we are crystal clear here, okay, the included statements of Martin Coleman, the chair of the independent panel of experts that conducted this investigation, they actually included statements from Martin. And I'm, I'm, I'm running out of screen space here. There's so much things to look at. I want to really read this stuff because this is so much context that you probably aren't getting from the cheerleading squad of yay consolidation, yay giving a multi-trillion dollar corporation more power in the market. Those people are cheering for the deal and they might not be reading this to you. Provisional findings are a key aspect of the merger process and are explicitly designed to give the businesses involved and any interested third parties the chance to respond with new evidence before we make a final decision. Translation, there's going to be more coming in more than likely. This is an opportunity for Sony and all interested third parties to say something. Okay? that That's what this is about. This is not about the fact that this deal is as good as done. And I'm going to crop that out now so I don't look like an idiot with it covering my face. Th- that's what this is about. It's a provisional finding. This is going to give more people an opportunity to say something. You think Sony's just going to sort of take this deal lying down and walk away? I highly doubt it. Having considered, next paragraph, having considered the additional evidence provided, we have now provisionally concluded that the merger will not result in a substantial lessening of competition in console gaming services because... This word is such an important word in the English language because the cost to Microsoft of withholding Call of Duty from PlayStation would outweigh any gains from taking such an action. 
People think this is a dunk. People think this is a victory. But what they don't realize is the CMA just provisionally concluded that Call of Duty is central to this deal going through. Within the realm of console gaming in the UK, Call of Duty doesn't really have anything to do with the cloud gaming. Now, it might come into factor with mobile gaming with King and their revenue reach and their revenue potential influence on their competitors, but within the realm of lessening competition in console gaming, the CMA has just made Call of Duty a central aspect to this. So all the people that said Sony was crying, whining, throwing a tantrum, or that they were desperate, the CMA has just agreed with Sony up to this point that Call of Duty is a pivotal aspect of this. It's a centrality now, at least in the CMA's findings. Last paragraph. Our provisional view that this deal raises concerns in the cloud gaming market is not affected by today's announcement. Our investigation remains on course for completion by the end of April. So he's saying, listen, what we just concluded about console gaming has nothing to do with what we end up discovering, thinking about, or concluding with respect to cloud gaming. These three quotes really drive home that the deal is not done. First, there's a chance for new evidence to be submitted according to the first paragraph. In fact, that's literally the point of this announcement. So many people miss this in their coverage. The point of this announcement is, hey, we have provisionally concluded this. You now have an opportunity to respond. That's what they're doing is they're saying, all right, what do you guys think, Sony? I mean, we don't think they're ever going to take it from you. We don't think they could ever find financial incentives to do so. Well, yeah, I mean, Sony probably has something to say about that because I think they know what the long-term plan is. So at the very least, this could allow Sony to push for more rigid commitments and contracts from Xbox and literally cite the CMA's own provisional conclusion as evidence and say, listen, if this is your conclusion, then this is what we ought to have to get a guarantee that this doesn't happen. Now, the CMA could say, you don't need those rigid commitments because our finding is they will never have an incentive to do it. Now, so the CMA could come on that either way. They could say, hey, you know what? You're right. You're right. This deal going through Call of Duty is a centrality. You should get very rigid concessions and commitments. But they might say, no, you don't need them. Like, it could go either way. We'll have to wait and see. Now, that that's just the, the first aspect of this. The second aspect of this, and this is the worrying part for me, okay? They use a similar line of thinking that we saw from the EU about ZeniMax, okay? People are like, oh, Microsoft can do whatever they want with ZeniMax. That's not what I'm talking about. Hang on just a second before you start running to the comments. The way that they're arguing for this sounds eerily familiar to the way that the EU concluded about ZeniMax, okay? The EU, this is not the CMA, it's a different regulatory body, but it sounds very similar to me. They said that the ZeniMax deal could go through in part because Microsoft, quote, this is a direct quote, would not have the incentive to cease or limit ZeniMax games available for purchase on rival consoles. Now, there's a difference, and this is neat, this needs to be pointed out, because if people start saying this is the same mistake the EU made, the EU went further. They said, quote, even if the combined entity was to engage in a total or partial input foreclosure strategy, the commission considers that such a strategy would not have a material impact on competition. 
what they mean is is Zenimax doesn't have any property big enough to disrupt competition. If if Microsoft completely went foreclosure, it wouldn't impact competition. And we have to admit that that's true. Like, Starfield and Redfall are not going to be tectonic games in the world to the degree that Call of Duty is. So the difference this time, okay, and this is what's so important, I think this is what everybody is missing. This time, the CMA is concluding that the deal won't impact competition in conjunction with Call of Duty staying on PlayStation. This is a very different conclusion, and if other regulatory bodies come to the same conclusion, this could be what Sony wanted. Sony wanted this to be central. Now, the other mobile and cloud companies might weigh in with their own interests, but from Sony's perspective, you cannot be in a position to hurt our revenue or to take Call of Duty for us. Alright? So, That second paragraph, you've really got to read what they've concluded. It says, it says right here, if you look like the second line down, the merger will not result in a substantial lessening of competition in console gaming services. Why? Why will it not result? Because the cost of Microsoft of withholding Call of Duty from PlayStation would outweigh any gains from taking such action. This is a different conclusion than what the EU came to. This is not, we don't really see an incentive to do it. Well, but even if they do it, it won't really hurt competition. That's what the EU concluded. That was kind of what gave Microsoft their out of being like, Haha, well, now that we have Zenimax, everything's an exclusive, okay? It's in the EU document. This is different. At one level, the CMA is agreeing with Sony's concerns, at least at a superficial level. Competition, however, will not be lessened quite literally because they see COD staying on PlayStation, which means they agree. You got you to invert it, right? Flip it around. They agree that if COD was removed from PlayStation, it would substantially lessen competition. Did you catch that? You've got to catch that. Sony's lawyers aren't going to be missing this element. The CMA just concluded that if Call of Duty was removed from PlayStation, it would substantially lessen competition and therefore be a problem. So now, I've just got to ask the question. I want to know what's going on. Why isn't mobile being considered yet? I can't get my head around how virtually none of the regulators have issued concerns about the mobile market. Even if we superficially accept the hand-waving that people do all the time, they're like, well, Google and Apple are so big it doesn't matter. Okay, that, that that's not an illegal argument. Okay, first and foremost, that may be true, but the regulators would still have to you know, imagine the impact on those companies and on the market. Like that, that hand-waving is not a legal argument. That doesn't really provide an adequate analysis of what could happen to property, to games, to storefronts, to consumer choices. So I'm still sitting here saying, where's Google and Apple? When are they going to weigh in on mobile? Like console and cloud? Mobile's bigger than both! So, <laughs> I don't know. Lastly... I do want to make this case. I actually think this provisional conclusion could help Sony specifically with Call of Duty. I'm being specific here. I don't know if this is necessarily helping Sony in the grand scheme of things, but it could help them with 
Call of Duty. People are going to try to rip me out of context and say I'm a Sony pony that's coping. I'm looking at all angles here, right? The CMA could both accept or reject new argumentation from Sony, but I do think there is a possibility here that Sony could use this in their corner for more concessions and commitments with respect to Call of Duty. Sony basically got the CMA to fully examine the scope and the impact of Call of Duty, not just within their own ecosystem, but within the market and under the umbrella of competition. I actually think the EU's conclusion on ZeniMax is going to come into play here. Sony can cite the similar line of thinking and reasoning, point to the lack of rigid concessions and commitments, and request those for Call of Duty. And according to the CMA's logic, they may be in support of pushing for such concessions from Microsoft, being like, listen, this deal going through, for console gaming especially... You got to give Sony a very strong commitment because the minute that gets removed from their ecosystem, you are going to be significantly lessening and damaging competition in the UK. Given that the reasoning centers around Call of Duty staying in place, Call of Duty may in fact be the hinge that this deal turns on. So let me give you my thoughts and my conclusions, okay? The CMA has provisionally concluded that for console gaming in the UK, there will not be any substantial lessening of competition because in their mind, Call of Duty will stay on PlayStation, okay? Their line of reasoning is similar to something I've said many times in the past about the massive loss of revenue that would happen if COD left PlayStation. None of this is in conflict with me recently also saying that Sony's concerns are valid. They have a right to protect their revenue streams, and the CMA seems to agree with that argumentation, saying, yeah, if COD left PlayStation, that would significantly lessen competition. We just don't think Microsoft's going to do that. Given our that you're you know, giving your competitor power over over a product that's lucrative for you, I think would be foolish. Anybody who thought Sony was just going to sit idly by and watch one of the largest games in the world, where they have forty eight percent of the buying populace, and just let this deal go through, those people are just foolish and clearly choosing a side. Number two, now Sony, I think, has pretty strong provisional regulatory conclusions to push for a more firm commitment on Call of Duty. Many have decried Sony's refusal as being in bad faith because they think the deal is better for Sony. Well, the only person really telling us that is Lulu Chang, and she stands to make a lot of money if the deal goes through. You're literally allowing somebody who has a vested interest in the deal going through convince you that Sony's turning down a better deal. So the conflict of interest with Lulu Cheng's public commentary leads me to say that Sony is in the best position to decide if a deal is good for them or not. Also, Sony clearly has had an influence over the deal. If the very first provisional conclusion out of all of the major players and all the major regulators, the first provisional conclusion is centering around Call of Duty staying on PlayStation. That's really good for PlayStation. This continues to create market and consumer confidence in their platform. If you're in doubt about, like, should I buy a PlayStation 5? Should I stay in the PlayStation ecosystem? One of the regulatory bodies on the globe just said, yeah, Call of Duty is going to stay on PlayStation. That's good for Sony's market and consumer confidence. It also gives them potential ammunition for legal argumentation with the other regulators. Hey, look, the CMA concluded this. They concluded that COD needs to stay on PlayStation. That's potentially very helpful for them. 
Conclusion. As I have said many times, I do think the deal will go through because Microsoft has been aggressively pushing Call of Duty concessions, contracts, and other things into the public narrative. I've also said that with enough concessions, the deal will certainly be better than it would have with literally no concessions. And that's where much of the public support and the gaming press's coverage has, I believe, just fallen incredibly short. If you care about the consumer, if you care about the market as much as you claim, then concessions and and regulators and investigations and these proceedings, they should be a welcome thing. You should celebrate this. If you care about the consumer and not just one system's ecosystem, if you care about the market and competition, then you should welcome this. Yeah, get in here, regulators. Make sure this deal is good. Microsoft's one of the biggest companies in the world. We're not just talking about the Xbox gaming division. We're talking about Microsoft corporate buying its way into a portion of a market, and that is something that should be heavily scrutinized. The narrative has just continued to shift and move. First, it was Xbox is going to take Call of Duty from PlayStation. Suck it, PlayStation. Y'all look like fools, and you look like real big fools now. Then it was, well, the regulators aren't going to try to stop this. They don't want to be embarrassed. Okay. Then when the regulators got involved, it was, well, the regulators have no real power. And look how far we've come. Your goalposts have moved so far, you've left one stadium and you're in another city. Look at how far we've come. Call of Duty contracts going to platforms we've never heard of. 10 years here, 10 years there. And the initial offer was like three plus years to Sony. So you think that Sony's just been whining and crying and the regulators had no power. And now you have to run into the public and celebrate this as a dunk. It's not a dunk. It's legal argumentation it's the proceedings of a regulatory body which is what so many of us have been pushing for and supporting yes let the regulators look at everything give them all the documents the ftc had their motion to compel granted by the way this fight's not over hoag law continued to say that the ftc didn't have a strong argument and that the ftc wasn't believing anything microsoft said I couldn't find any documentation for that, that they don't believe anything that they've said. And the FTC just had their motion to compel granted. So those 24 ignored requests, I believe they'll be honored. We're going to get more in-depth look at what Microsoft did with ZeniMax and what they plan to do with Activision Blizzard. And now we have a provisional conclusion with Call of Duty staying on PlayStation, being at the heart of the potential approval from the CMA. The reason all this has been a point of contention for folks who want the deal to go through has been the fact that there's been a constant flow of repudiation of their blanket claims and false narratives. That's why you guys get so upset and so angry. You've been making blanket claims about the deal going through and PlayStation losing Call of Duty and the regulators having no power, and you've looked like morons the entire time. The regulators do have power. Call of Duty staying on PlayStation is central and is very important, and PlayStation is actually winning some of these concessions, especially with this provisional conclusion. 
This is what we as consumers should be asking for. We should be asking for in-depth analysis, concessions, and fairness within the market so that competition stays intact because I would actually love to have some heavy hitters in the market. Nintendo, PlayStation, and Xbox would be good for all of us because that would really drive innovation. What I see right now is not innovation. I don't see new titles. I see somebody with a really big wallet buying really good and lucrative property so they can make their gaming division profitable and have a foothold in the market. That's not going to drive innovation, new titles, and new games. That's that's obviously something we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, we still have a ways to go, and I will continue to do my best to be exhaustive and fair while owning my bias of being against the deal going through. And that's the show open. I uh, That was 30 minutes. Sorry about that. I, <laughs> they get longer and longer. I've tried to make them shorter. I've tried to make them shorter. That was a 20-page 20, 20 document. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome in. Guys, if you like these show opens, if you like these monologues, if you enjoy my coverage, make sure you are smashing the like button. We are nearing 700 viewers. Let's do it. Let's get in there. And we appreciate you guys so much. We appreciate all the support that we have had over the years, both with our coverage as well as our variety gaming coverage. We really appreciate everybody leaning in for Diablo 4, the Diablo 4 beta, and all that gaming coverage. We have another video and another live stream plans today about Diablo 4, so stick around for that. But I want to talk about this with you guys. Make sure you're smashing like and subscribe. Make sure you guys are doing all the things that help out the video and we can get our first member of the day as well. We shoot for that 25 member goal. You guys crushed it over the weekend. We've maintained 2,500 members all month long and the next milestone obviously being 3,000. The show openers are getting better and better. Thank you. Awesome Witchfire vid. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we reacted to some of the new footage from Witchfire. Nice Diablo streams. Thank you. 600 people and less than 200 likes. Ridiculous. Must be a lot of Xbox fans. No, no, no. People are just lurking and listening. I genuinely do think this. I think that this helps Sony's argument for PlayStation. Now, this doesn't help Sony because Sony wants the deal to be blocked. Okay? Sony wants the deal to be blocked. And this provisional conclusion from the CMA points to it. It's not going to get blocked. It's going through. Okay? So that's bad for Sony. But what's good for Sony is Sony can now say, hey, a regulatory body just concluded that PlayStation has got to be able to keep Call of Duty. And they'll be able to use that in their argumentation. Like, I think that's something that was really absent from a lot of the other coverage. Thank you for a rose. Uh, thank you for some of the gifts over here, Nerd Mother, on the Tickety Talk. If you guys want to interact with me, if you really, really want to support me the best, go to my profile, watch on YouTube, and become a member over there, or hit like and subscribe over there on YouTube. The big wallet rant uh, is excellent. Uh, Also, exactly how Microsoft bought many apps and companies across the decades. It's part of how Microsoft grew to the beast that it is. I really do think one of the reasons that people support this deal is because they don't pay any attention to Microsoft. They just love Xbox, right? They just love Xbox. Sony is done. It's all about the cloud now. No, I don't think cloud gaming is going to shove traditional gaming off of 
the, the, the platform. If you look at the size and the scope of PC gaming with Steam and their reach and the projections for PC gaming going forward, I think cloud will continue to do well, but I think cloud is always going to be bottlenecked by outdated infrastructure, especially in the West, which ironically enough, one of the reasons that your cloud gaming with Xbox can't grow and be better than it is is because of all of the internet infrastructure being like just stagnant for 10 years we're in 27th place globally now if if the if the consolidation with the internet companies wouldn't have happened they likely would have had to make good on all their promises to invest in the infrastructure and invest in uh all of the various uh you know fiber lines and everything else and then cloud would have an easier chance so it's actually pretty funny that Oh yeah, cloud. Cloud's the future. Yeah, well, not if the consolidation of internet companies continues to completely bottleneck the infrastructure and the innovation of the actual internet speeds. Cloud's going nowhere until that happens. I've always said, once infrastructure catches up, cloud's going to be a massive future because you'll pick up your phone, you'll turn on your television, any any way for you to connect to the internet and you're going to be able to play games. That's going to be huge, but that's probably 20 to 25 years out. I think that I think that that tipping scale even when it happens consider this consider this Has the explosion of mobile gaming hurt console gaming and PC gaming? Has it? I don't think it has. Gaming as a as a global enterprise has seen nothing but growth. So the growth and in the insane like monsoon of people embracing mobile gaming hasn't hurt console gaming or PC. So I believe it's a non-sequitur. It's not logically consistent. It doesn't really logically follow to be like, oh yeah, cloud's going to explode, Sony's dead. No, there are plenty of games, there are plenty of game companies and platforms right now that don't do anything with mobile, and they're doing just fine. Like, it's not like, oh my gosh, mobile exploded, and uh, yeah, console gaming and PC gaming died. You can't look at cloud and see it in that way. Cloud's not like going to be like this disruptive piece of tech that's going to make PC gaming irrelevant or console gaming irrelevant. It will gain its own foothold and it will be something that people love. But I don't think that will eradicate hardware sales. I don't think that will eradicate a desire to have something that statically installs your stuff. Now, here's the real kicker with cloud, and this is where I think people forget that most of what cloud tech is going to do for gaming is going to be complementary. It's not going to supplant. You're going to have games where a significant amount of your game runs on your on your computer or your console, and then the cloud's going to come along and allow all these amazing things to happen. And that, I think, is going to be the true marriage of gaming tech with cloud tech. Like, playing on the cloud, yes, I believe in the next 20 to 25 years will be incredibly lucrative and good. This is one of the reasons that Microsoft views their true competition as Amazon and Google, because those are the companies that are large enough to be disruptive or at least be very monumental in the cloud space. We can't allow them to do to gaming what they have done to software, Nowhere uh, that I say their software was bad. Yeah, that's something you always have to consider is that Microsoft's approach to software will likely be their approach to gaming. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. And this is for all you guys that cheer for this deal. This is for all you guys that think this deal is good. Okay. 
you can drive by on my Twitter and my comment section all you want and engage with me at the, like the intellectual level of a seven-year-old hurling an insult and be like, cry more, Sony Pony. I can be against the deal and against consolidation, and if the deal goes through, my position's not going to change, okay? The thing you have to consider is that if Microsoft wins this war that you think they're winning, they're going to scoop up and gobble up as much as they can, and they're going to start to get this massive foothold in cloud. What you really have to question is... Will that put them in a position of power to treat games the way they treat Microsoft Office? See, that's the question that people don't ask or entertain because you bleed green and you love Xbox, but you don't pay much attention to Microsoft as a company. You don't pay much attention to Microsoft as a software company. Their their moves, their absolute insane foothold, their market dominance in software has enabled them to take away consumer choice. So all your talking points about, oh, more consumer choice, saving us money, yeah, this is going to be great. You're not going to think that if prices continue to go up and the only place you can go to play certain games is their subscription service, their cloud. That's not going to be good for you. Sorry, let's get the coffee on display. There we go. There we go. Who wants to be the first member of the day or the first gifted member of the day? That spot's just sitting there at a zero. Who wants to be the first coffee order of the day? Yes, and to be clear, to be clear, this is a provisional finding only with respect to console gaming. This is just a provisional finding only with respect to console gaming. So the cloud gaming could enter and disrupt this deal again. This is a provisional finding, which means Sony has the opportunity to respond with their own counter evidence. I got to tell you, what this is what I think Sony's going to do. I think Sony's going to focus on two things in particular. If you actually read the entirety of the document, one of the reasons Microsoft won this portion with the CMA is they said listen you're only looking at one year you need to look at five years and the potential impact that would have if we suddenly ripped Call of Duty from that platform right and that sort of convinced the CMA that oh my gosh yes you would lose in the billions you're not going to do this right it wouldn't be a solvent plan now that's something I've been saying for a very very long time right Moe's in chat. Mo and others were back here in September and October arguing with me up one side and down the other that Microsoft was going to take Call of Duty from Sony. And I said, there's just no stinking way. There's just no way they could survive the loss. If they, if they shell out $70 billion and then they cut off one of their most lucrative pieces of property from the most lucrative platform, right? So I continued to say that. But I also said, listen, Sony has every right to be concerned. Just because that financial reality exists doesn't mean that Microsoft might not move to incentivize and push and say, hey, we're moving these incentive lines. We now have the opportunity to say, oh, we have a financial incentive to shrink Call of Duty. This guy says a tons of ha 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 Sony loses. Well, nothing's been lost yet. The deal's not been approved. It's a provisional approval only with respect to console gaming in the UK. So we'll have to see what they weigh in about cloud. I, I again I again think this deal is a long ways off. I see people predicting, oh, it'll be done by June or July. 
if if mobile never gets brought up then i'll be i will i will scratch my head about that until i'm old and dead i'll be like why did nobody bring up mobile i still think there will be new investigations opened the minute a mobile player comes to the table and that hasn't happened yet yo thank you for sending some big love night fury regardless it's moving forward which is what we all realized was going to happen uh, but see, I love that goalpost shift because that's not true. I've been covering this since it first emerged as a potential reality, and that is not true. I was told deals going through without a hitch, Call of Duty is going to get ripped from PlayStation, and the regulators have no power. All the people that said that are now throwing confetti in the air as a regulator concludes that Call of Duty staying on PlayStation is central to the deal going through. That doesn't sound like anything you guys said six months ago. That doesn't sound like anything you said six months ago. That sounds like the exact opposite of what you said six months ago. That sounds like Sony was right to be concerned about COD. It also sounds like the regulators have power. It also seems like Microsoft's had a lot of concessions squeezed out of them. All of those are things that are supposed to happen when this level of deal goes through. You need scrutiny. You need investigations. You need concessions. You can't just let one of the largest companies in the world buy $70 billion worth of property and say, yeah, well, I mean, that's fine. They, they've got a lot of money. Oh, it's never going to get ripped. They're just going to make Sony pay enormous amounts to stay relevant. At least in the next 10 years, I don't think they're going to be able to do that. Pod thing didn't block it. There's no chance cloud or mobile stuff will. I don't agree with that analysis at all because Call of Duty is nothing compared to King Mobile. You're not examining the revenue streams at all if you think that. That statement is made. Be, that statement is being made in a vacuum, as if they didn't admit in one of the findings that King Mobile was half of Activision's revenue halfway through 2022. Call of Duty is nothing compared to King Mobile and the revenue generation potential on the mobile platforms. Like, Candy Crush is like the fourth largest mobile game in the dadgum world. So acting as if, oh yeah, if the Call of Duty thing didn't block it, then nothing will. You're not looking straight face at the numbers if you think that. Victor Mayhem with 23 months. Happy Monday, Lono. Show's openings are getting better and better from streaming a single game to Xbox main to becoming uh, a staple in the gaming news industry and diversifying. Love the growth, brother. Thank you so much, Victor, for almost half a year. Thank you, Hank Cloppers, for coming back and renewing your membership. It is central to the deal. It is not what people said. This guy making things up again. When you say you guys weren't saying this six months ago, it's just nonsense. No, I'm not making that up. Buddy, you can go back and watch my streams from six months ago. You weren't here. I don't recognize your name. You're trying to get a cheap shot in. I covered this six months ago. And when it first started to happen, I had to sit. I spent probably 45 minutes arguing the financial repercussions of removing Call of Duty from PlayStation. And I said, they will never be allowed to do that. Their shareholders won't let them do that. They have a fiduciary duty. And I had people continuing to tell me, oh, no, 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 no. They're going to move Call of Duty to Xbox. They're going to try to get Sony PlayStation users to convert to Xbox. I argued that for like 45 minutes with people who were in support of the deal. That's, 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 that's ridiculous. That, that was a ridiculous claim. I also argued with people who said the regulators weren't going to do anything. 
because they didn't want to be embarrassed. I also argue with people who said the regulators had no power. I also argue with people who said Sony is whining and crying and they're desperate and there's no reason for them to be refusing the deal. And here we sit with one of the first provisional conclusions from a regulatory body coming out and literally agreeing with what I've said for six months and what Sony's been saying the entire time. And people think it's a dunk for Xbox. And it's like, this is what we've been pushing for. We're like, listen, this level of consolidation is terrible. But I've always said, if we can get a ton of concessions, if we can get a ton of things squeezed out of this to protect the market and to protect the consumer and to protect the property, then that's better than just letting it skate through. I haven't had to change my position on this once. I haven't had to change my position once, but the people that have been supportive of it, your goalposts have moved so many times, like I said in my show open. You've left the stadium. You're in another city now. Your goalposts moving is, is, is breaking everyone's necks. It's like, where are they now? What's, what's the centrality to your argument now? Do, do the regulators not have power? They seem like they do. Is Sony, is Sony arguing in bad faith? Doesn't seem to be that they're arguing in bad faith since the CMA agreed with them. Does, does the three-year extension offer back in September, was that a good offer? Because now we're being told the 10-year offer is a good offer. Well, which is it? The only concessions that were made with a 10-year deal, uh, the only one who hasn't right now is Nintendo. Uh, no, that's not true because they offered the thing to NVIDIA. I actually argued whenever that happened that the NVIDIA push was one of the bigger pushes. I actually think NVIDIA, the NVIDIA push from Xbox was more compelling than Nintendo because NVIDIA is a direct competitor in the cloud, in the cloud space. Microsoft is, I think, going to cite that. That'll probably be, they'll cite that argumentation in the CMA uh, investigation into cloud. They'll say, look, we already signed a deal with one of our cloud competitors. We have no desire to harm our cloud competitors. Um, thank you for cat paws over here on the Tickety Talk. Whoever doesn't understand that they will lose money if they keep it on Xbox. Call of Duty will never be just an exclusive to Xbox. Call of Duty would lose so much money. Well, this is what I think, and I covered this the other day. Oh, wait, I think somebody ordered some coffee. Hey, somebody ordered some coffee. It is a best of both worlds, a light and a dark roast. Thank you so much for doing that. I appreciate that so, so much. And let's see if we can't get some members. That member number is looking just, it's sad over there, sitting at a zero on a Monday at 48 minutes in. Thank you, Lord Finesse, for that coffee order. I just got it. NVIDIA deal was a stroke of genius. You have uh, you have to buy the game for it to be usable there. No lose scenario. Right. Here's the thing, though, Big Mole. The FTC, I think, pushed back on that in, I think, a good way. They said, listen, if you're going to try to claim your contracts with NVIDIA and Nintendo are defenses, we would like to see them. Now, that happening could make them say... This isn't even a deal that's good for them. This is a deal that's good for you. This has nothing to do with the discussion about cloud gaming disruption. Goalpost moving, you're not actually agnostic on this, and you're clearly either a Sony guy at the end of the day, or you don't like Microsoft because it's the hip take to talk trash on Microsoft. If you're going to falsely summarize my coverage with just being a Sony guy trash-talking Microsoft, this is the last thing you'll get from me. I don't interact with people who lie about me. I said in my show open that I try to own my bias as being against consolidation while also trying to just exhaustively give you the facts. 
I literally just read through five different images and quotes this morning and said, this this provisional finding is actually a good thing. This is some of the stuff that w- we wanted to see. I wanted to see Call of Duty being central to the deal going through because there was no specificity in the ZeniMax approval. And even in the ZeniMax approval in the EU, they concluded and said, even if they foreclose everything, it won't be a big deal. It won't hurt competition. JW. Coming in with the first five gifted members, and it goes to Porto, Michael C., Casual Grinder, Remus, Remo Suave, and God Howard. I love to see things coming full circle, because Casual Grinder has been a huge gifted member, and he just gifted members. He just got a gifted member. You love to see it. Boom, there it is. You think it's a smoking gun for somebody to admit their bias? Are you just not used to people admitting their biases because you watch people who shake a green pom-pom and they might as well be wearing a cheerleader green Xbox skirt and jumping up and down in their YouTube videos? Just because I'm owning my bias doesn't mean that I'm an anti-Xbox guy or I like to trash Xbox. I don't like consolidation. I didn't like it when it happened to my internet provider. I didn't like it happen when my cell phone company. I don't like it when TV programs and movies start getting bought up because it limits where I can get the material. It limits where I can go to get it. I don't like what Microsoft or Adobe have done with their software. I don't like subscription services being required to use stuff. I've got 20-something years in graphic design. I started doing graphic design in high school. I had a graphic design company that enabled me to literally get into content creation. And, And yet, I'm anti-Xbox because I'm against consolidation or I'm against software being treated in that way. My, my position is rooted on experience in the industry, experience using software, experience with consolidation, experience as a consumer on the bad end of consolidation. None of that has anything to do with being like anti-Microsoft or anti-Xbox. That's just a juvenile response from somebody who doesn't have the intellectual capacity to engage with what I'm saying. Member count is six. Nobody gifted one. Yeah, nobody gifted one. I do, I, listen, you guys have to understand something. I can't move this number when somebody renews. I would lose money on that deal. Do you understand that? Like the basic calculation of that? If I have to move this number and then gift five every 25, if I have to do that every time somebody renews, I would lose money on that deal. I'd be throwing money away. I do it every 25 new members as a thank you. That would, that would not be, that would be a financially reckless decision. Mo says, let them buy them all. I don't care. As long as I can play good games, I don't care. Hank became a new member? I'm not seeing Hank. I scrolled up. Where's Hank? No, Hank Kloppers has a purple badge. That is not a new member. Come on, guys. Don't flat tire the chat to scold me about a member that's clearly a renewal. Um... It's a per- he has a purple badge. I've been doing this for a while. I- I've been doing this for a while. The white badge is super recognizable when someone becomes a member. There are way more pro Sony outlets that he just doesn't acknowledge while slamming anyone that pushes back against them. And you're done here. Uh, I don't have tolerance for people like you anymore. You come in and talk about me and slam my coverage, you can find a new place to hang out, and you can take your purple badge with you. You are you are not somebody that I want here. You are an undesirable. I would rather engage with people who want to debate me, not get sideline swipes about me and my coverage. So that's me walking you to the door and saying, you're just not welcome. Uh, I don't have any who can believe Microsoft and Xbox are capable to deliver those good games with their track records. 
Yeah, if I'm just arguing purely as an Xbox consumer, right? If I'm purely arguing as an Xbox consumer because I have a Series X and I have Game Pass Ultimate, I would say, look, man, you guys have like a really, really shaky track record right now. I, I, I would rather you invest in your existing companies, launch new property. Like, I don't understand. Like th- that, that to me, I feel like that would benefit me more. Seriously, think about it. I have an Xbox Series X and I have Game Pass Ultimate. Okay? I also have a PlayStation 5. I also have a Nintendo Switch and I also have a PC. How on earth does it help me if suddenly a bunch of games are owned by Microsoft? I want you to walk me through that. How, how does that benefit me? Diablo 4 is still going to launch. Call of Duty is still going to launch. These games are still going to launch. Parent company name change. How does that benefit me at all? Because I game everywhere. So this idea that like, oh, you're a Sony pony. Actually, no. I literally have every rig and I play games wherever they are. I'm I'm a fully orbed gamer. I'm not some limping one platform gamer who like has to defend their cherished piece of plastic because it's the only place they can play games. And yeah, take that as a slam. Don't come at me and call me a fanboy when I don't benefit from this deal at all. You want to sit here and argue, well, oh, it benefits me and that's all that matters. It doesn't benefit me at all. I have every right to be against the deal as somebody who has every platform. What difference does it make to me if suddenly they own all this property? It benefits me, Game Pass, baby. Yeah, but that doesn't matter to me. As a consumer in a luxury market, more games hitting Game Pass. Oh, oh, wow! I, I saved some money. So, um, so over the course of a year, I, you know, oh, I saved, I saved a hundred and something bucks. That's it. That's how you. That's that's all that matters to you is saving some money. What about innovation? What about new games? What about new content? What about what about funding new projects? Thank you so much for five gifted members, Ryan. Gifting one to Hyde, Jeff, Total Roblox Drama, Mind the Ancient, Raven Shadow, and Brandon. You guys all got gifted members. That's putting us halfway to the daily member. Oops, that's not it. We did hit 100 the other day. We could hit 100 today. We're, ha- we're almost halfway there. Don't you pay for Game Pass? I do pay for Game Pass. It's not just Game Pass. Games are better with friends on Xbox. That has nothing to do with this this acquisition, though. See, everybody always says, oh, well, it's better for me, and that means the deal should go through. But there are plenty of people in the consumer base that are like, I don't care about any of that. I don't care about any of that. I have every platform. I don't have any qualms buying a game. I'm not I'm not a penny-pinching gamer. I'm not a dollar menu gamer. I like buying games. I like Game Pass as well. I don't only like one thing. Do you understand? It, it, think of it this way. If you've got a bunch of restaurants that you like visiting and one restaurant that's known for its buffet starts buying the restaurants over here that you really, really like and it converts their food into buffet style, that doesn't automatically mean I'm getting more or better food. Oh yeah, more buffet, baby. More $8 buffet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's not an automatic benefit to me as a consumer. I might be like, 
well now you're kind of making the food for mass consumption have you ever had the food like the eggs they make at a hotel where they make it for a bunch of people right so just because a property and companies and games that I enjoy suddenly shift ownership and end up on a subscription service that doesn't mean that's better for me that doesn't I could look at it and say, I don't know about that. I don't know if I like a bunch of things being behind a subscription service because, again, my history with software, with Adobe Creative Suite and Microsoft Office, I've had a very negative experience with software being treated that way. That's not good for me. It's not good when a company takes power and says, you want this? It's behind a sub fee. And I see that as being the strategy here with Microsoft. A $5 tip from Jericho. I think it benefits us because Phil said he wants to empower them to work on other franchises. You'd really be able to empower them to work on other franchises if you just handed $70 billion to all your existing developers. Yo, Sid, thanks for jumping back in as a member plus. And keep in mind, I'm not saying you're wrong. You, You have every right to be Mr. Pro Game Pass, Dollar Menu Gaming, that's all you care about. You have every right to do that. I, on the other hand, as a consumer that's different than you, I have a right to say, hey man, I have a lot of experience with software suddenly being behind subscription walls. I don't think it's good. I've had very negative experiences with this before. So even if it initially saves me money, I see it going in a direction that I don't want it to go. I'd rather be able to buy games than have them treated that way. Too early for a recap? Yo, what's good, cowboy? No, you're here just at the one-hour mark, cowboy. That's when I like to do a recap. If you've never been here before, I'm a safer-work broadcaster. You can come in and debate me and disagree with me all day long if you take swipes at my character or insult me or you talk trash about my coverage instead of engaging in my arguments. People don't see there's a categorical difference between insulting me or talking about me as if I'm not here and all his argumentation is always so bad. That's not engaging with my argument. These are two different categories. The people that can't seem to get out of this swipe peanut galleryville, you just get walked out the door. The people that debate me all day, man, debate me. I love it. It's fun. So make sure and hit subscribe. Make sure and hit the bell button. Make sure and hit the like button if you enjoy this level of coverage and this kind of candor and this kind of back and forth. You're not going to necessarily get this level of engagement with anybody else on YouTube. Also consider the fact that I'm safe for work. Many people treat me like a podcast. They throw me on in the background. Those of you that are commentating and leaving comments on the Tickety Talk, the best way to get interaction from me is to watch on YouTube. Go to my profile, click that link, and come watch on YouTube. Consider becoming a member. And as I give you this recap, do me a favor. Smash the like button. Let's get 300 likes. Let's get some more members. That's a great way to say, hey, thanks for that recap. So many people were running with headlines and thumbnails, making it seem as though the CMA had approved the deal for the Xbox Activision deal to go through. That is simply false. It is absolutely false. This deal has not been approved. It is a provisional conclusion about competition in console gaming in the UK. Do you see how unexciting that is? It is a provisional conclusion about competition in console gaming in the UK. It has still not been considered what this impact will have on the cloud gaming. That's what they're moving to next. Now, this provisional conclusion invites new evidence and arguments from third parties, which means Sony will have a chance to respond. The centrality, the centerpiece to this provisional conclusion is that 
There will not be a significant lessening of competition in console gaming in the UK because Call of Duty will stay on PlayStation as there is a very strong financial incentive for Microsoft to do so. It's similar to some of the things they said in the UE conclusions. The difference is they're basically saying they don't see Call of Duty ever leaving. It would be detrimental to the success. The EU concluded that there was no financial incentive for Microsoft to remove ZeniMax properties, but they went on to say even if Microsoft did a full foreclosure, it would not disrupt competition. The CMA is saying the exact opposite. They're saying there would be a significant lessening of competition if Call of Duty ever left PlayStation. So, it's a win for Microsoft, but it also gives Sony some pretty strong argumentation to push for rigidity, specificity, and really strong commitments with respect to Call of Duty. Since we just got the CMA to admit, within the console space, Call of Duty is central to this deal going forward. That's my recap. Newtonian with a $10 tip. If I was an Xbox purist, I'd be upset that Xbox has to sit on their hands for 12 years instead of buying studios, reinvest in studios, and then they wait for a $69 billion merger for games that they would get without the deal. Thank you so much for the $10 tip, Newtonian. Jericho becoming a brand new member. Thank you so much for that, Jericho, bumping us to 11. Those are my favorite memberships, white badge new memberships. When I see somebody decide, I'm going to jump in and support this channel. It's five bucks a month. You get into my members-only Discord, and you get into the members-only content. A provisional conclusion is typically what leads to the conclusion, and Sony's argument was console, and that's been dismissed. I don't think PlayStation does cloud gaming. No, you're not understanding what's happening. Let me show you the quote that is going to push back on your your claim that you just made okay oh where is the quote i have to go to image five and i have to uncrop the top here because i cropped this because it was so big it was messing with me okay this is from the chair okay this is from martin coleman he is chair of the independent panel of experts conducting this investigation okay so no it's not been dismissed that is tacitly false Provisional findings are a key aspect of the merger process and are explicitly designed to give the businesses involved and any interested third parties the chance to respond with new evidence before we make a final decision. So anybody claiming that Sony lost and that that point's been dismissed, they're saying something that is demonstrably false. That's not true. The entire purpose of the provisional conclusion is to give Sony and any other third parties a chance to respond with new evidence. I believe Sony will respond. I believe they will. I believe they will say, wait, 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 hang on a minute. Because if you actually look at the argumentation that led to them thinking this, Microsoft very, or I think they argued very well for their case. They pushed back and said, you guys are only considering one year, you should consider five years. I think Sony's going to come to the table and say, in light of Microsoft's recent comments about us being able to build a rival to Call of Duty in the next 10 years, we need this to be further investigated because if their plan is to remove it after 10 years, you need to analyze market impact a decade out and see whether or not this would have a detrimental effect on Call of Duty because here's all the trajectory and growth patterns of how much money we aim to meet and make if these, if even in the most moderate projections are made for Call of Duty's growth on the PlayStation platform, then that this could be very damaging us in 10 years if they decide to pull it. So I think that's going to be Sony's, that's going to be part of Sony's response. Yo, Striker1, thank you so much for renewing a member plus. 15 months, welcome back. Appreciate it so, so much. 
Halo dead, Gears dead? No, Gears isn't dead. I don't know what level the most recent Gears game had commercially, but I thought the most recent Gears of War game was great, and Coalition's currently working on the next one, and they're moving everything to Unreal 5, so the next Gears game could be a huge win for, for, uh, for Microsoft. Yeah, I would agree that Halo's in a terrible spot. Halo is is doing fine now. N- what? No, it's not. Halo is not doing fine. Please don't make us waste time debating on whether or not Halo is doing fine. Gears is far from dead. I think Gears could potentially be a huge win for Microsoft long term because if 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 Microsoft starts landing some of these Unreal Five games like Hellblade Two and then the Coalition drops Gears, that could be amazing. But saying Halo is fine right now is, is just laughably silly. Their player base numbers are terrible. 343 has been downsized. That game is on life support. That game is on absolute life support. It's not dead, but it's, it's, it's got a pulse, and that's about it. Yo, True Gohan with six months. True SSJ Havoc. Crazy, I found this channel via Sonic Frontiers. Glad to see someone look at the deal from logical angles and stand on their points. That's integrity. I appreciate dude. Thanks for half a year of support. Welcome back in. Halo needs to be good, not just fine. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you can look. I don't think you can look at Halo as it stands right now and say it's anything but on life support. It's bare. It's barely alive. Anybody, Halo Infinite's always been good. Yeah, see, it's just it's really hard to take anybody serious who thinks and argues that that game is in an absolute disarray. Even some of the biggest fanboys have turned on that game and said this is a joke. This is terrible. This is bad. The way they handled it was terrible. The development was terrible. It was clearly an engine problem. It's not an agile game that can update itself and improve itself in any capacity at all to survive as a live service game. That game is, no. It lacked basic features from launch, and I'm not going to spend any more time debating Halo because that's not today's discussion. If you think Halo's been great or it's been fine since the beginning, your intellectual credibility's in the toilet. It just is. No, No market analysis, no consumer analysis, commercial analysis, even content r- rhythm analysis would absolutely destroy that perspective. It just, it, it, that's just isn't, it's not even worth discussing any more than that. I'm moving on. Please don't flat tire chat with Halo. Like, Halo is a flat tire. I don't need the flat tire in my chat. The point I think here that everybody's missing, I want to debate this with you guys. Let's debate this. We're over an hour in, and I we haven't really debated this yet, so I want to debate this point, Okay. I actually think this provisional conclusion helps Sony. I do. And that's not me coping. I I, I genuinely read it and thought, this is quite literally what Sony wants. Because now you've got a regulator making Call of Duty central to the deal. It's not Microsoft. It's not Sony. It's not some tweet about a 10-year deal to Nintendo. This is a regulatory body coming to a provisional conclusion that Call of Duty is central to this deal going through. That in order for competition to not be significantly lessened, Call of Duty's got to stay on PlayStation. Now that's a win for Sony. It's also a loss for Sony. Hear, hear what I'm saying. This is a loss for Sony. There's no way, there's no way around it. Because Microsoft just got a leg up in the argument to get the deal to go through and I said weeks ago Sony can be both against the deal and push for concessions that's called a multifaceted business strategy online MVP with 25 months and a freaking gold VIP membership and he gifts 10 
members. 10 members to the community. It goes to Rojo, True Road, no, probably Rojo, True Shinobi. Or maybe Rojo, like Red, True Shinobi. Jeeves, Abdel, Adrian, Lil Archie, CyberDNA, Brock, Dez, Sebastian, Aya, and Dunk Lar. Another red badge in chat. So if in in my estimation, Sony had a multifaceted strategy here. We want to block the merger. If that doesn't happen, and I continue to say that I thought the deal was going through, then Sony was going to push as many concessions out of this deal as they could. It's actually a brilliant strategy. I think Microsoft's strategy has been equally brilliant. They have been slow to come to the table. They have been slow to make concessions. That's a really good strategy. They have been very, very expertly, I think, pushing for PR, pushing for contracts. I think they've done a very, very good job. And clearly, they won this round. Like, hey, <laughs> look at that. This deal won't hurt competition in the UK, but Sony can push back and say, yeah, under the condition that we get to keep Call of Duty. Do you see how it's... That's why everybody that wants to play this game of like, there's either a winner or a loser. It's like, that's too, that's a false binary. That's a false dichotomy. There's not a winner or a loser in this. I've said for months, if this deal goes through, I want as many concessions as possible. I want as many protections and commitments as possible because a deal of this size and this nature could be very bad for us. I don't care who the company is. I don't care how much you like them. That's just the facts. And... One of the first provisional conclusions we get is, yeah, Call of Duty staying on PlayStation Central to this deal going through. JC says, Sony's response is just a formality according to the regulatory steps. They are no longer a part of the conversation in console gaming. False. False. I'm going to keep shooting that down as false. You can lie as many times as you want. It won't make it true. Provisional findings are a key aspect of the merger process and are explicitly designed to give the businesses involved and any interested third parties the chance to respond with new evidence before we make a final decision. That's really strong language. Explicitly designed. It is literally designed so that now Sony has a chance to respond. Sony is not out of the picture with respect to console. That is a lie. You're saying something that is false. Now, that doesn't mean that Sony can, can win. That doesn't mean that Sony has any, any compelling arguments left in their pocket. It doesn't. It does, they, they may come to the table and say, that's all we've got. In light of your provisional conclusion, we would like a more rigid commitment from Microsoft. Like, they may come to the table and be like, we don't have any more evidence. That's the best we had. But in light of your conclusion, we would like more provisional, uh, we would like more rigid commitments and contracts from Microsoft. Do you see? That's what this was. This was provisional findings. Well, no, this was an update to their provisional findings that they already published. This was an update to provisional findings about console competition in the UK. And it's literally says that they're, these are explicitly designed to give businesses involved in third parties a chance to respond with new evidence. So like, it says right there, provisional findings. So the thing that you keep parroting in chat, this was provisional findings. This was provisional findings. Yeah, you're right. That's the first two words you see right up here. Provisional findings are a key aspect of the merger process and are explicitly designed to give the businesses involved and any interested third parties 
the chance to respond with new evidence before we make a final decision. This part of the provisional findings is designed for Sony to respond. It that's that's the chair of the panel saying that to you. And you're like, nah dude, nah, la, 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 la. Sony's out of the picture, man. Sony can't say anything now. That's not true. Who told you that? Where'd you read that? Where'd you read that? It's it's basically a fair way to play the game. Right? So an update to provisional findings is provisional findings. Yes, it's an update to their provisional findings and saying, listen, this is what we anticipate concluding about this. You now have a chance to respond. And think about it. The reason that they're doing that is because let's say, oh, I don't know, April rolls around and that's the conclusion that they come to and then Sony appeals it. Well, that just makes everything take way longer. March 24th, the CMA modified the original provisional findings and dropped the concerns about the console market. Okay, but again, you're looking at it one-sided. This this screenshot is from that same website, JC. Do you see what happens when you cherry-pick one quote and you don't read the rest? Yes. The CMA has concluded, we're done looking at console. We're done. This is our provisional conclusion. You can't really come to a provisional conclusion if you're still actively looking at console gaming. A bit of a training in logic here. Of course, if they come to a provisional finding, that means they're done looking at console. And the purpose and the design of provisional findings is for everybody involved now has a chance to provide new evidence. You have to look at the entire picture. You're trying to cherry pick one picture and come to a false conclusion. Yeah, Sony's out of the picture now. Sony can't say anything. That's not true. It isn't true at all. Just because the CMA is like, this is our this is our provisional conclusion. We're getting ready to look at cloud. Sony in the interim has a month to provide new evidence and say, we uh, we don't agree with your provisional conclusion. Or they could say, in light of your provisional conclusion, these are the things that we would like to see happen. Don't you see? You, you, that's, it, it's literally the most clear non sequitur I've ever seen. It doesn't logically follow that a provisional conclusion means Sony can't say anything. When the chair, when the chair guy said this, he's like, the purpose of this is so people have a chance to, to, to provide more evidence, which means PlayStation has a chance to offer more. Eugene says provisional, arranged or existing for the present, possibly to be changed later. Yeah, it's they're they're literally saying they have until March 31st to respond. Oh, okay, so they don't have a month to respond, but they have a month until the conclusion comes comes in. Okay, so they have they have from the time that it was that it was uttered, they have a week. So they utter they issue the provisional findings on the 24th and they give them to the 31st to respond. So they give them one week to respond. Okay, so I misspoke. They don't have a month to respond. They have 7 days to respond. You just conceded that what you said previously was false. I appreciate that concession. Thank you. 
you just moments ago in my chat indicated that Sony was out of the picture, couldn't say anything more, and now you've said they have until the 31st to respond. I appreciate that concession that you were putting something in my chat that was false. Thank you. Clearly the CMA saying this, for them to make such a U-turn for the deal means the evidence must have been very unanimous. Uh, Severin, if you look at the document that led to this conclusion... Microsoft, I think, argued very well and said, hey, you guys only looked at one year. And Microsoft argued that if you looked at a five-year span and they argued about the billions of dollars that they would lose, they essentially compelled the CMA and said, listen, we can't friggin' do that. that, that You guys looked at one year. You need to look at five. Now you have to consider something. That opens the door for Sony to come to the table and say, we would like you to consider this model and these projections and 10 years because over the next 10 years, this is what we anticipate and Microsoft's own verbiage seems to indicate that after 10 years, we might lose call of duty. So you, you have to, you have to consider this, which then means Microsoft could respond, right? Cause if Sony, if Sony makes that argument, Sony makes that argument and the CMA says, actually, you know what? This is pretty compelling. What Microsoft? We need a response here. What's 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 your? We need to see your plans for uh, for Call of Duty. Now they might not even have to get to that point because the FTC just won their motion to compel. So Microsoft's plans for Activision Blizzard as well as Zenimax are potentially about to be public. Literally never said that. Well, that's what sent us down this line. Maybe it wasn't you. Maybe it wasn't you. I'm scrolling up. I can't wait till I can click on names and see your past chat history. Because I swear you said Sony's response is just a formality based on the round of provisional findings it's in. Okay. And then you went on. I swear you went on to say something else in that regard of like, yeah, they're. Ah, I can't stand not being able to click on names. It drives me freaking crazy. It doesn't. I don't know what you were responding to when you said it doesn't. Maybe when you said it doesn't, I thought you you were arguing against me because I said this means that Sony can respond, and you were like, it doesn't. I can't click on your name and see what your chat history was. Facts, this is a salt mine. It's not. I'm done with you. I don't like you being in my chat with a badge, constantly taking shots at me, constantly taking shots at the the chat here you're not allowed to hang out here you're another undesirable because you're not arguing you're not debating you're not having dialogue you're just being you're just being that guy in chat like you just think oh i'm gonna say this and get everybody wound up and aggravated no nobody's wound up and aggravated like you're literally just trying to gaslight me in chat with like little side swipes and snide remarks you're not smart enough to hang out here literally I can't remember. My whole point is it's a formality, but that's not true either. It's not a formality. That was Walter White. Knew that was coming. Yeah, I can tell when someone's literally just trying to gaslight chat. You're just trying to gaslight chat. Like, you just keep taking shots. You just keep taking swipes. You know? It's like, you're not welcome here. You just aren't. And I can't, I can't stop clicking. Oh, there we go. I really want to find what you said because I really feel like you're reinventing what you said. No, here it is. Here it is. You're, you're, you're not being truthful, JC. 
Sony's response is just a formality according to regulatory steps. They are no longer a part of the conversation in console gaming. That's false. What you're saying is false. I appreciate your concession that it's false by saying they have until March 31st to respond. You said something that isn't true. That, that's, a, that's a theme with you. You, you. you spout off things that aren't true. Yeah, they're no longer a part of the conversation. That's false. That's, that's not true. You just conceded the falseness of that. They have until the 31st to respond. That means they're still a part of the conversation. Based on the steps they're in, I don't really think they're part of the conversation. The rest to me is a formality. Wonderful opinion not rooted in fact or even the states from the chairman of the independent panel of experts. That's, that's a wonderful opinion that's not rooted in fact. The, 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 the chair of the independent panel has stated quite the opposite to what you're saying. Well, in my opinion, it's just a formality. They're not a part of the conversation. Your opinion doesn't mean anything. It, that has nothing to do with my coverage. This isn't even my opinion. This is me reading what the guy said. It's, just, it's what he said. That's all I did. I read that and said, that means Sony has an opportunity to respond. Here's the possible ways that Sony could respond. Well, in my opinion, that... Sh- no one cares no one cares what your opinion is that's not what we were discussing I, I don't mind opinions I think opinions are sometimes very worthwhile but in this discussion with my reporting and your attempt to act as if I was saying things that weren't true I'm reading facts, documents, and statements from the chair of the body that regulated this, or that investigated this, I should say. Your opinion, that doesn't, that doesn't hold any weight here. He used a prop again. I wore this shirt on purpose. <laughs> Eugene's so mad. Creature! <laughs> Creature! Get your man, he used a prop again. Night... 685. Thank you so much for renewing your member. Based on Florian, a written submission to comment on the CMA's finding that there is no console-related theory to harm. It's not going to make the CMA turn around again. It's just a formality. So you're supporting your opinion with someone else's opinion. Wow. That's incredible. This is the best pizza in town. Why? Because Hank says it. That doesn't mean it's the best pizza in town i think this is the best pizza in town oh so it so oh so oh oh oh, but that guy thinks it is oh okay that's dizzying reasoning abilities there that has nothing to do with what we're talking about helix music with five gifted members pushing us to 26 members on the day i now owe you guys five we're going to do rolling goals, just so people know. Every 25, I owe you five. So right now, I owe you five. You got one banked. He said to sum it up, the deal's going through, but Sony and anyone else has the ability to bring up new evidence to investigate if they like. Pretty much what I'm gathering. That's what I'm saying. Like, your opinion about it being a formality, your opinion about it not turning the tide, I wasn't, I wasn't saying it would turn the tide. I, I wasn't saying it would turn the tide. I said, this leaves opportunity for Sony to respond. I speculated the number of ways that they might respond. Thank you again, Helix, for gifting members and getting us to our first daily member goal of the day. I appreciate that. 
So like, and and as I've said many many times, and see this is what's frustrating, JC. You don't listen very well. I said so many times this morning. I think the deal's going through. I think this is a win for Microsoft, but this could help Sony in their argumentation about Call of Duty. And 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 it turns into deal's going through, bro. Deal's going through. No, 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 no. Sony's out of the quick. No, this is a formality. Sony's not even a part of the conversation anymore. What? 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 Do, what do you mean? I feel like I feel like my coverage has been very measured and fair today. Big win for Microsoft, but a, a, a provisional conclusion, a provisional conclusion of a regulatory body right now just made Call of Duty central to this thing going through. That's not a one-sided dunk. That's not a one-sided dunk. That means that Sony has successfully made Call of Duty pivotal and central to this going through. That's what they've been pushing for the entire time. If we can't block this deal, we want Call of Duty to be central to this thing. I don't see how this round of provisional findings is better for Sony, though. They didn't even sign a 10-year contract and lost some leverage. Who, who claims that they lost any leverage? The, the CMA's provisional findings may have just given them leverage. Their, their rejection of those 10-year contracts doesn't mean that, they, oh, yeah, they lost all leverage now. <laughs> Microsoft's going to give them a really bad contract. No. No. The, this provisional conclusion quite literally could give them leverage. They could say, <laughs> y'all just said it. It's what we've been trying to say the entire time. That if we lose Call of Duty, this could be a significant lessening of competition, and you guys just concluded that. So thank you for your provisional conclusion. We now have some new argumentation to present. This isn't over. Like you, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like This is a win for Microsoft. I, I, like I said, I think the deal's going to go through with plenty of concessions. I actually think mobile and cloud are where things might slow down again. I, I do. I think mobile and cloud might actually slow things down again. But I'm, I'm telling you that this, this isn't over just because they can. And even if, here's the thing, even if, let's say... Let's say you're right, just for like a thought experiment. Let's say that this deal goes through without a hitch and mobile and cloud just, they skate right through somehow, like by a miracle, right? And Microsoft says, you know what's funny is we now own Call of Duty and you declined us so many times. We're not going to give you a deal now. We're not going to give you a deal now. PlayStation still has some measure of a symbiosis with Call of Duty as well as the revenue streams within Activision Blizzard. 13% of Activision Blizzard's 2022 revenue came from Sony. Microsoft was so low they weren't even on the report. So that relationship with Sony, it's it's symbiotic. Microsoft can't be like, oh, we're going to cut you off. We're going to be really, really petty because their shareholders would say, okay, petty doesn't put pennies in the bank. (laughs) Petty doesn't put pennies in the bank, brother. We, 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 gotta, we gotta make sure this deal with them is still lucrative and still good. Now, it's kind of like it's kind of like a a, a, a bridge 
you ever see those movies where there's like a rope bridge and the and the real big guy gets to the middle and everyone gets kind of nervous <gasps> you can hear the rope fibers like stretching right there is i do think a point here where sony loses because microsoft could say we're going to keep putting pressure on this relationship in so far as it's lucrative for us and sony could start losing money because you could say hey you didn't sign our 10 year deal this is the only deal we're going to give you now and they and, and microsoft takes a bigger royalty share of call of duty well even if you take a 2% royalty share higher than previously that adds up right like sony loses that 2% annually on call of duty so there is certainly a reality where this plays out where microsoft says <laughs> It's really funny that you rejected us all those times. The deal just went through. So uh, now, and now this is all you get. We're taking a bigger cut of the royalty. You could have taken the 10-year deal and you didn't. So I think you'll know maybe when that's going to, like when the breaking point's about to happen is if Sony suddenly, if Sony suddenly signs the 10-year deal. Like, if, if, if Sony suddenly like, oh, yeah, yeah, we, we, we're, we're signing the deal. Well, then they know this thing's about to go through. We better sign now, or we're going to get potentially hurt in the long run. We'll take 10 years of this deal. That's better than leaving ourselves open to Microsoft suddenly taking, a, you know, a higher royalty percentage or something. Because they were going to offer them the additional three years or whatever. I believe the contract goes until, like, what, 2024? Isn't that when the contract comes up for renewal with ABK? I think Sony's current Call of Duty contract goes until 2024 because the three additional years was going to take them to 2027. Many people speculated that Microsoft did that intentionally because that means that contract was going to come to an end right before the new cycle of consoles. I'd like to know why you feel mobile could be an issue considering Google and Apple's current dominance. Wouldn't introducing a third player be the opposite of consolidation in that case? Jose, that's for greater minds to analyze. Because I think that's just like a sweeping reductionist attitude. Well, Google and Apple are really big, so Microsoft can do this. No, hang on a minute. There are more factors than just Google and Apple at play. There are other games. There are other storefronts. There are other companies. There are other publishers that might say, whoa, whoa, whoa. That you're giving them too much power because they have the infrastructure of cloud. They want to create a unified storefront. You're allowing a company to both buy the property and be the storefront. And a regulator might look at that and say, yeah, this is not a good idea. We can't let you do this. I'm like, they're, they're entering into just purely the digital aspect. Like, they don't even have to make the hardware of the phones. Weezy says... Um, I put forth a good argument as to why mobile is such a huge issue. Uh, what's, what's the argument, Wheeze? The games we are getting this generation are already in production. This deal will not affect the games we are getting for a long time. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, they chopped Redfall and Starfield real quick. I was mostly saying that because if the CMA approves this in the end without a 10-year contract from PlayStation, I know they'll definitely still have concessions. Yes. I honestly think at this point, JC, did I make it to a live stream? You did, Darth Ascension. I honestly think at this point, Sony's tactic is going to be to push for concessions and a better contract. I think they're going to give up on blocking the deal. Right? 
I think they're going to give up on blocking the deal. I think Sony's going to say, okay, new tactic. We kept pushing and pushing and hammering and hammering on Call of Duty. We just got a provisional conclusion that centers on Call of Duty. Now we push for rigid concessions and commitments and contracts because of the CMA's findings. That's my prediction. If I'm Sony, that's what I do right now. I say, okay, we just lost some footing. This deal's probably going through, but we won our second, our, our, it's a multifaceted strategy, right? Strategy one, block the deal. Strategy two, make sure this deal is really good for us if it goes through with respect to Call of Duty. I think they're going to start pushing on that second, that second effort and saying, we just got a provisional finding to center on Call of Duty. Let's push for, let's push for rigidity surrounding COD as a franchise so that when this deal goes through, that revenue stream is protected for at least 10 years. <clears throat> Too long didn't read, says Wheezy. King is greater than Activision and Blizzard combined double. Candy Crush is the fourth mobile, largest mobile game in the world in terms of earn rate. Not in the US, in the entire world. Yeah. What Wheezy is saying is something that regulators are going to have to consider. You're allowing Microsoft, one of the biggest companies in the world, to buy the fourth most earning mobile game in the world. Does that make sense? Like, that's what I think. I think that I think that that's what they're going to want to drill down on. Like, eventually, truth be told, eventually, my coverage of this will decline because they're going to start getting in cloud and mobile debates, and I'm probably going to wait a little bit longer to talk about that because you guys right now, a bunch of you, number one, you don't know much about those markets, and neither do I. And all we're going to do is sit around and and hurl generalities at each other, and we're all going to be probably wrong. So I'll probably wait and do as much fact-finding as I can. Like, if I get a significant document that I feel like really educates me, if they start looking at cloud and mobile, I'll start digging in and being like, okay, I really want to understand the scope and the reach of this. But what I'm not going to do is, is like I, I don't want to get into the ring with a bunch of people because I don't think any of us know enough about cloud and mobile. Like, we're all just sort of speaking very generically. Like, oh, yeah, cloud's big, mobile's big. Yeah, Wheezy knows quite a bit. I think from 30,000 feet, my most superficial understanding of the impact on mobile is Microsoft's one of the biggest companies in the world. And if you let them buy one of the most lucrative properties in the world in mobile, that needs to be combed over and looked at. That needs to be investigated. There could be massive ramifications there. Imagine... Um... Imagine Amazon right now looking at imagine imagine Amazon looking at an environment where they're currently non-existent and they try to buy one of the biggest properties in that market. That would be a huge cause for concern. Like, whoa, what's Amazon? What the frick is Amazon doing? Huh? Like, imagine Amazon buying McDonald's. We've used McDonald's a lot. Imagine them doing that. Like, oh yeah, Amazon's currently not in the fast food market. We have more money than God. We want to buy McDonald's. People be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. What are you doing? 
You're one of the largest companies in the world. Why are you trying to buy one of the largest fast food chains in the world? That's concerning. Let's take it another way. Amazon looks at the fast food market and they don't buy McDonald's. They don't buy number one or number two. They buy number three. Oh, it's the third place fast food chain. What's the big deal? Uh, that that would that would give them an immense power over the the, the fast food market. Completely could could completely be disruptive. It could mess up supply lines. It could mess up uh, the, the the solvency of the number one and the number two. It could lead to downsizing. It could lead to layoffs. It could lead to people firing. Like this this could be tectonic. It's like this idea that like just you can just buy companies. That's that's not typically how this goes. Like I think we've almost been inoculated to mergers. We've been like inoculated. We don't think it's a big deal. And it's like, no, this is a big deal. This can have ripple effects and reverberations for 30 years. And you won't see it make landfall for 30 years. You'd be all of a sudden in 30 years, we're like, oh, frick. Microsoft owns 30% of the gaming market and they just put it all behind a subscription fee and the subscription fee price keeps going up. Oh my gosh. This really sucks. You don't you don't see it hit landfall for 30 years. You think, oh, it's great, it's great, it's great, it's great, it's great, and then the market looks horrible. Like, look at what Adobe did with Creative Suite and look at what Microsoft did with Microsoft Office. Like, Ticketmaster. Yes, exactly. Like, if you're asleep at the wheel, you end up with a Ticketmaster situ- situation. Like when they bought MGM. I feel like this guy is always talking crap about Xbox. Get out of here. It's really easy to not watch if you're that insecure because you support Xbox. Like market analysis of what of what consolidation can do uh, to markets and consumer choice. Like if that I don't know if that if that hurts your fee fees. Watch somebody else. You joke about that, but I wouldn't be surprised if all we see Amazon make an acquisition like that. Well, here's the thing, Dirge. If Amazon tried to make an acquisition like that, the regulators would likely try to put a stop to it. They'd be like, you can't do that. Cowboy says, Lono, it could do all that, but it could also not do all that damage. Do you think the possible negative issues is higher than not? Cowboy, if these companies and their behavior is in any indication of anything... The likelihood of it not doing any damage is quite literally the smallest possibility. Like look at look at Microsoft's history. Look at Microsoft's history. And I want you to really ask the question. Do do they have a history of of promoting competition or squashing the competition? Do they have a history of protecting their market dominance and leveraging their market dominance. Which what's the pattern of behavior from Microsoft? Like which is it? Like if you walk in the room and you see a guy sitting in front of two buttons and there's a red button and there's a blue button and he just keeps hitting that red button and you don't even know what the red button does. You just see he just keeps hitting that red button. Somebody said, "Hey buddy, we're going to have him stop." And we're going to give you $100 to place a bet. Do you think he's going to hit the red button or the blue button? And you might be like, well, this is a trick question. He's going to hit the blue button. But if they told you, if they said, based on what you've seen up to now, what do you think is your best and safest bet? You would put the $100 down and say, he's going to hit the red button. So watching Microsoft 
for years hit the red button. They've, they've paid antitrust fines. They've ignored regulations and just been willing to pay the fines. That's how big they are. They've completely squashed competition. They've protected their market dominance. They've taken their software. Once it's endemic to the business world and life as we know it, what they do? They put it behind a subscription fee. Adobe Creative Suite did the exact same thing. None of that's pro-consumer. What, what has Microsoft done with Windows and Microsoft Office that's been pro-consumer? Like, just look at the software world, just for a second. Just look at it. Look at the software world and how software has been treated and ask, oh man, yeah, there's a, there's a clear history here of uh, a pro-consumer activity, which pro-consumer is a bit of a misnomer. I said that the other day. There's nothing that's really pro-consumer and anti-consumer, right? Because if they convince you that something is pro-consumer, it's likely just a good deal and they're making money. They're pro-profit, right? They're not generally... They're not generally pro-consumer. They're pro-profit. This has been happening. Consolidation is literally the strongest universal law we know of. All the money will eventually end up in one person's hands over time. Even good guys won't reject the big check. That's so fatalist, though. That's so fatalistic. Sounds like you're just describing Sony right now. I mean, Sony doesn't really have a history of buying up and squashing their competition. I think they very they leveraged exclusivity really well. And that made everybody really upset and really angry, but in the previous generation, Microsoft did the same thing. The exclusivity war and the attempt to like leverage a contract with a big pr- piece of property in order to get people on your, you know, on your ecosystem, you know, Microsoft was was kind of the first ones to do that. Actually, historically speaking, that was Nintendo. Nintendo squeezed a little too hard, ruined all their third-party relationships, and then, you know, look what happened. Nintendo kind of isolated themselves, and miraculously, they just survived. You know, they survived the GameCube. <laughs> Yikes, okay? So, that's not something that is specific to Sony. It isn't. I was simply responding to somebody saying... Yeah, all that bad stuff could happen, but there's also good stuff that could happen. What I'm saying is, based on history of companies this size, I don't know why you have any reason to think this is going to turn into a good thing. Like, you sound like the person that's gone back to the terrible relationship for the seventh time, and you're like, this time's going to be different. It's like, no, probably not. Companies of this size, are you kidding me? Look at how much... Amazon and Google and Microsoft have been in the courts. Look at how many times they've had to pay fines. Like the FTC just just awarded so many like so much money that Epic has to pay out. FTC doesn't have any power. And yet if you just check the headlines over the last 60 days, like these companies get to this size and I literally think they look at settlements lawsuits and fines as just a cost of doing business that's how big they are they're so big that they're like ah fine what what's the settlement for ah it's okay oh what's the antitrust fine yeah it's fine just pay that that's just a cost of doing business baby that's how big we are Just like you can predict the negative, you can also do the same for the positive. Trying to predict can be done by anyone with varying results. But again, when there's a pattern of behavior, it's about a pattern of behavior. This isn't me saying 
Xbox is evil. I'm saying companies of this size. Remove your fandom from the equation for a second. Like, take off the glasses where you just, like, they're green lenses. Like, everything's green. I'm not even talking specifically about Microsoft. I'm saying when companies get to this size, they have a they have a a, a power and an ability that you 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 can't really fathom. Yeah, you got you've even got things like in the big pharma industry. Yeah, they'll just pay settlements because that's the cost of doing business. You're talking about wealth and capital of such a size that they don't really answer to anybody. And you're like, oh, but they might do good things. N- no, probably not. In 10 years, they could break eight different rules and just be like, man, that's the cost of doing business. We'll just pay the fines. And the consumers are going to sit here powerless to do anything about it. We're going to be like, we handed them a third of the market. We thought this was going to be great. And keep in mind, I've said the same thing about Amazon. I've said the same thing about Google. I wouldn't want any companies of that size to suddenly buy up large portions of the gaming world. I, I just, I think people are blinded by their fandom and they're also really enjoying the clicks and the ad revenue they're getting from it. Covering this, covering this, um, this acquisition and being pro Xbox has been very good for people's bottom line. People claim that like I'm suddenly getting a rise by being pro Sony. It's because they're looking at Twitter because they exist in that teeny world because that's the biggest world they can go with their teeny brain. It's like I've been streaming live on this channel since late 2021. We just hit 25,000 subscribers and I was covering this maybe once a month and didn't particularly like covering it. The only reason I've covered it more recently is because I feel there's a just an egregious failure within the YouTube world and the gaming press to cover this accurately and exhaustively. It's always with the slant. Always with the slant. My slant is I'm against consolidation, but that doesn't prevent me from reading the documents and saying, this is a win for Microsoft. Because that doesn't affect my position. Don't you see? I can maintain my position that, yep, consolidation of this size is pretty bad. Typically does not work out for us. But I can also say Microsoft got a, pre- a pretty big win. CMA is is saying within the realm of console gaming, this won't cause a big disruption in competition. Now, Sony can look at the silver lining and say, aha, CMA just conceded that Call of Duty is central to this deal. That's really good for us. The, 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 the question is, will the CMA find that argumentation compelling? Like, if Sony tries to use the CMA's provisional conclusion in their argumentation, will the CMA find that to be compelling? I missed the super chat. $5 from James Wolfgang. Indeed, why only get a one-time purchase for a software key when you can slap them with a recurring payment option? Yay, subscriptions. Oh, you know what's so funny? It's like the runway lights just went off. And I'm questioning how I want to take this plane into the air. I'm going to read what Wheezy put in the Discord in just a minute. I have spent months hearing from people that are extremely anti-live service. They think that live service games lead to non-substantive content deliverables, bad monetization practices, greedy practices. People are anti-live service. 
And you better be careful in chat, because if you're one of the people that's been really preaching about live service games and the ongoing monetization models being bad for gaming, you better buckle up. Because if there's one thing software companies are known for right now, it's ongoing monetization factors. It's ongoing models for you spending money on a regular basis to stay in their funnel. And who in the gaming world has pushed the hardest for subservice gaming? Who? Who's pushed the hardest for that? Microsoft has. So, if you're really worried about live service games being bad for gaming and you don't get enough substantive content and there's cheap, greedy, ongoing monetization practices, you ain't seen nothing yet because subscription services coming to software is coming to your games. And you're not going to think this is great anymore. You're going to think, oh my gosh, I I miss the days where I could just buy a video game. This is going to expedite the exodus of you being able to purchase a game. It's on a cliff's edge right now. You don't really even purchase games. You purchase a license to play the game. It's on a cliff's edge. They're just going to boop. They're going to push it and be like, we own a third of the market now, baby. Execute Order 66. In 15 years, the primary means by which people engage with our ecosystem and our games will be through a subscription funnel. And then you just start raising the price. By the way, I'm not agreeing with the people that are anti-live service, Jake uh, Martin. I'm just pointing out that's one of the main criticisms people have about live service games. You better buckle up, baby. The software behind a subscription fee is way worse than any live service game you've ever touched. Because they hold your product hostage. Weezy says, This is like going up to a starving tiger and expecting it to bait you about the universe. It's going to effing eat you, bro. We've literally seen 30 years of these companies doing this. Little bro, they ain't gonna change. Right. There's gonna be 10 minutes of Zelda gameplay on the 28th at 10 in the morning I think we might actually risk co-streaming that I don't like co-streaming Nintendo I get really nervous but we might actually risk that one because that's Zelda yeah you will own nothing and love it (laughs) you're gonna own nothing and you're gonna love it (laughs) there's always the option to buy You'd like to think that, wouldn't you? No. No. You can't go try to buy Adobe Creative Suite. Software companies are slowly eradicating the idea of you being able to buy anything, brother. Homie. Homie, no. No. That's that's leaving. That train's leaving the station right now. The engine's going. The the, the, the the wheels are slowly turning. And that thing's going to be out of the station in the next 10 years. You're going to turn around and be like, you, you can't buy any, any software. Everything's a subscription. You want Microsoft Office? Subscription. You want Adobe Creative Suite? Subscription. Games will do the same thing. Let me ask you something. What's one of the biggest trends we've noticed in gaming lately with monetization and the money? What have we noticed? 
companies are going where the money is. Look at the projections for PC gaming over the next 10 years, and what did it do? PlayStation and Capcom suddenly completely changed their business strategy for the next decade, and they want to start putting their games on PC. Companies that you'd have never thought you'd seen that from, right? Like PlayStation on PC? Oh my gosh, that seems crazy, right? All it took was a strong financial incentive and market projections. That's just PC. Let's look at mobile. Look at how many household games are now on mobile. Why? Because that's where the money is. So if there's a trend in software and companies start crunching the numbers and they say, when you go to a subscription model and your game, your software is behind a subscription model, look at how much more money you make, especially when you're the only game in town. They're going to go where the money is. Do you you see, like, this isn't fear-mongering. I truly believe this is where the gaming industry is going, and who will lead the charge? Microsoft will lead the charge. They will get this deal. They will get all this property. And in 15 to 20 years, you won't buy a game on their ecosystem. It'll be like cable television. There'll be tier levels. Right? It's like, well, you buy this, you get these games. You buy this, you get these games. You buy the Primo, you get it all, baby. That frog just got slowly boiled in the water and never jumped out. That's where I think we're headed. I And I think... People, people think this makes me a fanboy or whatever, but I think this is one of the reasons when Jim Ryan defends the virtuous cycle, I'm like, that's something that is better for us. That protects us as consumers. Selling games at full price, I, I, th- I think that is, that is so much better for us long term than, than where I see I, the, other, the other side of this, the other side of this to me is, is far scarier. I think it's just far, far scarier than, oh man, we we might have to spend a little bit more on our video game, seventy dollars. I can't, I, I cannot abide that. Oh my gosh, that's gonna feel like a dream in comparison to you know to everything else. That's gonna feel like a dadgum dream. You're gonna be like, I miss the days when all we had to worry about was. The price of a game going up by 10 whole dollars or somebody selling a battle pass. Those will feel like the glory days of gaming, right? You're going to be like, man, that was where it was. That's that. That was a primo time to be a gamer. That was a primo time to be a gamer, baby. There were all these games coming out. There were all these games getting made. We had so many choices. Nice haircut. Thank you, Brown Excellence. Yo, it's good. It's me, uh, Bernie. How are you? If you see Lono Face subscription service, I'm joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's where I'm headed, guys. That's where I'm headed. You want to watch my content? You want to watch my content? It's all going to be behind a sub fee. I'm just letting you know where I'm headed too. That's my that's my new business model. <laughs> you want to watch my content? Oh, it's gonna cost. It's gonna cost you money. 
I miss the days of cartridges. No updates or patches needed. I actually think we're in the golden age of gaming right now. I think the size and the scope of games that we get, I think the quality of the games that we get for the entrance price that we get is at its absolute apex. I think we're at the peak. I think we're, I think we're, I think we're 10 years away from the decline. I think, I think all those things are going to go down. I think, I think we're about to enter the decline of games. Not, not right now. I think in 10 years, we're going to say quality is declining. It's been corporate. It's been corporatized. It's been turned into a machine. It's been turned into a product. What are your thoughts on PlayStation standpoint? Now the Activision Blizzard deal seems to have sort of progressed. In my show open, if you guys want to, if you guys want to recap, I'll give you a recap. Do me a favor, get me 400 likes on this video. We've been slacking on the likes today. We hit our first member goal of 25. Now our next goal will be 50. If you guys hit that, I'll owe you more members. Uh, I always, I have to give you memberships in accordance with every 25. Um, so here's a recap. So the CMA has provisionally concluded that. Within the realm of console gaming competition in the UK, they don't see that being significantly lessened because Call of Duty will be staying on PlayStation. They do not see a way for Microsoft to remove Call of Duty from PlayStation. In fact, their argument is a little bit different than the EU's argument about ZeniMax because ZeniMax, the the EU went on to say that even if Microsoft went with the foreclosure strategy with ZeniMax, that it wouldn't harm competition. The CMA is saying the opposite of that. They're saying Call of Duty staying on PlayStation, yeah, this will this will not be significantly lessened with competition. So the inverse would be if Call of Duty leaves PlayStation, then competition would be significantly lessened within console gaming in the UK. So it's a win for Microsoft, but it also could be leveraged by Sony because Sony could now say, hey, we have been pushing for this. We've been pushing for this. We've been pushing for the deal to be blocked, but we've also been dealing, pushing for concessions. I said this the other day. It's a multifaceted strategy. We're against the deal, but we're also going to push for concessions. This is one of the reasons that people started running with the bad faith actor narrative. I don't know what YouTuber they heard from this. I don't think they understand what bad faith actors are or what the word bad faith means. Because you can be against the deal, but also pushing for concessions on Call of Duty. Both things can be true. And so I think at one level, Sony's probably not happy that the deal is one step closer to going through. But I think that Sony is likely happy that now Call of Duty is central to the deal going through according to the CMA. Are you and Oh No, It's Alex doing a show together this week? I don't know. Did he say anything? I extended the offer. I haven't, I haven't touched base with him since. If he said something, that's cool. If, if you're just remembering what I said, he and I haven't touched base since. Von Raz says, if all this happens, the licensing of games to consumers isn't going to be conducive to the consumer company health, meaning the it's poison. it'll poison the water later on. Yeah, uh, Harley Sonder, we will likely try to co-stream or cover the Zelda thing, yes. The deal is done? No, it's not. Good faith equals trying to get to the, at the truth. Bad faith equals trying to win the argument. Yeah, and so that's part of the problem, Broken Messiah. Of course they're going to come and try and win the argument. Of course they're going to come and try and compel them to block the deal. Like, that's their... They, they have a strong reason to do that. 
Oh, he said y'all were going to do something together? Oh, cool. That's cool that he said that. I, I like him. I like. Obviously, I don't agree with all of his takes. I, I think he's funny. I actually think he's quite funny. A $2 tip from Zippy Narwhal. Isn't Sony making a huge push into live service? Yeah, they are. Understand what I said in my live service rant, Zippy. I wasn't saying live service was bad. People were saying live service is bad and here's all the reasons. I think people argue in a very reductionist way about live service games. There are plenty of live service games that don't do all the bad practices, that don't give you really thin garbage games and over monetize and do all sorts of things. Oh no, it's Alex going to be on BRAP this Wednesday. Nice, nice. Oh, I need to get back to you, BRAP. I need to get back to you. If you're if you've booked him, then you might I guess maybe try and book me for the next week. Unless you were trying to have us both on. <clears throat> it's already been happening. Look at the variety of content and risks devs and pubs would take a couple generations ago compared to now. Triple A games are amazing today, but they're hardly anything in between those indie games. Everyone wants live service. Square's pushing NFTs. I don't think NFTs are going to get anywhere. I think NFTs... I'll give you a prediction right now. I love Doc Disrespect, but I think NFTs will, will, will be the end of his game. I think they'll either have to quickly remove it from the game and make it something completely external, or I think, I think it'll be the end of his game. I, I, I do. I think NFTs are radioactive. I think NFTs are, are have, have killed anything they've tried to touch. Square's not going to be able to get it done either. We're going to laugh about NFTs in about five years. I think we're just going to laugh at them. Every, every NFT market up to now has completely imploded. It's all, it's, all, it's all a scam. It's all gone. Like, into the ether. Like, blowing on a dandelion. Sony's pushing NFTs? Where is Sony pushing NFTs? They're central to his game? I, I, I'm serious. I absolutely love Doc. I love Guy Beam. I've always looked up to him as a content creator. But I'm telling you right now, I think that'll be that'll that'll be the end of his game. It'll it'll ruin. It'll ruin the game. It's central to the extraction. I, I think it'll ruin the game. It'll get so cannibalized. It'll get so the the tide. The tide of cheating and nonsense that will overwhelm that game, they're not prepared for it. They're not prepared for it. Nobody could be. Some of the biggest companies in the world can barely stay ahead of the cheaters and the cheat companies to the point that they're having to sue the cheat companies. That's their most effective means of shutting them down. That'll, I, I'm telling you right now. I don't want to get off on that tangent. I don't. I, don't, I, I think that's going to be the end. That'll, that'll be the end of his game, unfortunately. I, I don't think that game gets off the ground. I think the NFTs are going to drag that game into the ocean and drown it. Yeah, Eugene, I remember when we debated this months ago, and I said, as long as the NFTs are external from the game, I don't care. Go back and watch my coverage. I was consistent on this. I said, if the NFTs are just some fun profile thing they do on the website, I said, okay, at least it's not in the game. Once he started pushing for it to be in the game as a central piece of extraction, I thought, you just shot a cannon in the bottom of the boat. You just, you just, sh- you blasted a hole in the side of the boat. Telling you. Going nowhere. 
Sony's doing NFTs. Where? Sony has multiple patents for NFTs linked to gaming. Yeah, it won't go anywhere. It'll blow up in Sony's face just as much as it's going to blow up in Square's face. It blew up in GameStop's face. It it's it, it's blown up in everybody's face that's tried to do it. It's not it's not going to go anywhere. I don't care who does it, whether it's Sony, whether it's Microsoft. It doesn't matter. It's not going to go anywhere. They'll become cannibalized trading hawk markets. They they won't they won't go anywhere at all. They'll destroy any game they touch. They will. NFTs will destroy any game they touch. It won't be a game. It'll be a, it'll be an NFT trading hawk ground. They'll be. Listen to me. Listen to me. There will be organizations and and NFT trading hawks that literally descend on those games and eviscerate them. A game cannot survive without an organic funnel of players. These games that try to do NFTs, they will not have an organic funnel of players. They will have NFT trading hawks that descend on the game and just completely dismantle it. NFT wants, uh, Sony wants to rent NFTs to players and stream spectators through PlayStation 5 is what an article says. There's a huge difference in filing a patent in case you need to actively push it. Oh, so if they just have patents, yeah, I, I don't they could literally have the patents nobody else can do it and then they might sit on it I don't know I'm telling you right now I don't like Doc's one of my favorite content creators he might be my favorite content creator and I'm like nah bro this is not gonna work I, I like Sony and if they do it I'm gonna blow up in their face it's not gonna work I mean I like how you guys brought up Sony like that was gonna be a problem for me like oh no Sony's doing NFTs what will I do I'll call it crap just like I've called other things crap that companies do that I don't like it doesn't matter to me who does it it doesn't matter to me who does it like the, the lord himself could come down and have an NFT in his hand and I'd be like you suspect bro like I wouldn't I wouldn't <laughs> I'd be like, no, man. <laughs> NFTs. Mm-mm. No. Glad Marvel snaps on NFT online duel. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people were worried about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they were really, really worried about that. They thought that, that that's what that game was going to be. That one game everywhere. I thought that game everywhere was going to be an NFT game. It's funny that everybody thought that. <laughs> everybody thought that. Everybody thought that. They were like, yeah, that's an NFT game. And they had to literally come out and say, no, it, it's it's not an NFT game. It isn't. Okay. I need to go into my studio for just a second. Hang on. Perfect. Okay. Man, can I turn the... Ooh. Turn the brightness down on that. Uh-uh. Does Doc have a new update on his game? They've been showing off the game quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. It actually looks like it's got some promise, but... I'm, t- I'm telling you, man. 
I'm telling you, it's a knife drenched in blood. It is. There's a there's a there's an old. Uh, it's a it's a it's a word. I don't know if this is true, but I heard this story once about how the Eskimos hunt for wolves in the Arctic, and they take an extremely sharp knife. And they put seal blood on it and they freeze the seal blood on there and it's intoxicating to the wolves and they'll lick the blade. They'll put it, they'll, they'll put the blade in the ground and they'll lick the blade and then they die because eventually the ice, the, the frozen seal blood's not there and they cut their tongue open. I don't know if that's true or not, but that picture is extremely gruesome, but also it's poignant. It's like, this is a this is a blade. This is a blade soaked in seal blood, man. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna think this tastes amazing. This is awesome. And it's just gonna bleed you dry. Those kind of monetization practices, those kind of things. Mm-mm. Let me let me ask you something. O- open invitation to 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 Doctor Disrespect to do an interview with me. He he'll he'll, he'll say no. I'm too small. I, he doesn't even know who I am. Open invitation. But my biggest question to him would be why was this pivotal to making the game better? If you compare an extraction game without this and an extraction game with this, what's the reason that it's better? And I'm going to give him a I'm going to give him a heads up. This question is a trap. <laughs> this question is a trap because I know the answer. I know the answer. And that's exactly the problem. Bungie cannot make a good game anymore. Uh, and that's coming from someone who still plays Destiny. From the start to the present. They're not big enough to make another AAA game with the struggles of D2. Um, I actually think they could probably make an incredible AAA game if they, you know, moved to an engine that was from this century. These food analogies are getting stranger. <laughs> oh, man. His previous statement is basically it ups the ante and it gives a bigger gain loss risk reward. No, I know the answer. That's why it's, it's a very well-formed question. It's a trap. It's a total trap. I'm letting you know it's a trap. Oh, oh it increases the risk reward. The, the, the user can gain money. Awesome. Thanks. ETA on your game just got real short. Your the EOL on your game, the ETA on your game's EOL just got real short. Cuz so many games have tried to do this and it's nothing but pure cannibalism. I can make money by extracting in a game? Man. You think the cheating economy descending on Destiny for, like, trials carries is bad? You haven't seen anything yet. Look at the auction house. You you think? Doc. Guy Beam, I love you. Doc, you think you got, you got more chops than Blizzard? Because Blizzard tried this with Diablo 3. They tried to do an auction house where people could earn real money, and it was a disaster. It was a disaster. That's Blizzard. Blizzard just was like, forget it. Forget it. Shut it down. 
What do you think you got? What do you think you got? You think you're better than Blizzard? At stopping this kind of nonsense? Blizzard's like one of the one of the longest standing companies, biggest companies, and even they were like, forget this. Forget it. Look at New World. Look at what bots and the potential to make real money. Now, there was no way to make real money in New World. This was an external thing of like people doing it and then selling the accounts on like other markets and stuff. Look at what that did to New World. And that wasn't even inside the game. You're making an opportunity to earn real money endemic to your game. Buddy, there's a storm coming and it will destroy your game. You don't know what you're signing up for. You are talking about literally the worst side of gaming, the absolute worst portion of the gaming community is salivating for your game to come out. I, uh, buddy, I hope you're ready. I hope you're ready. <laughs> The literal worst. They're the worst. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Listen, those of you watching on the Tickety Talk, I have a second live show today. We we have not been doing second live shows, but I wanted to do something. There is a video from Force Gaming about Diablo 4 that I wanted to react to, but it's kind of long, and I thought it would be better for a live environment. Frickin' Asmongold upgrade uploaded his reaction to this very same video this morning, and I was like, "Thanks, Asmongold." Like I already had my thumbnail and everything typed up. So that's gonna be our second show for the day. So those of you that are watching on TikTok, you're gonna want to go to my profile and head to YouTube because I can't show you the video. Those of you that are in the chat right now, you don't need to go anywhere on YouTube. Just stay put. We're we're still going. We're still talking. We're still vibing. That's just gonna be our next segment. They plotting on his game. Ah, they're they're they're, they're going to destroy it. They'll absolutely destroy it. it start the clock, man. I would hope Doc is smart enough to see this coming, but I don't know. Listen, at one hundred percent, no judgment. I'm not trying to judge the man's character. I'm not trying to judge the man's character, but my my biggest. My biggest concern would be they'll make a ton of money anyway. If this game is out for six months to a year and burns itself out, I wonder if they're still going to make an absolute killing. You know what I mean? Thank you for owning your mistake. Many people nowadays don't do that. What, Brian, what mistake are you talking about? So those of you that are on the Tickety Talk, go to my profile, click the link, come join us on YouTube. I'm going to keep this stream going for a little bit still about the Xbox deal. I actually have to give some members. If we get a little bit more, I'll have to do more. I owe you guys five members right now. So I'm going to go ahead and ask you guys over on the Tickety Talk, come join us on YouTube. Go click the link in my profile. So that would be my biggest concern is they're going to make... They're, they're, they're gonna make a ton of money no matter what do you know what I'm saying and that's not me calling anybody's character into question but if if you're an investor if, if you're one of the people on the ground level with his game right 
If you're one of the people on the ground level with his game, you might be saying just that. Even if this blows up in our faces, we make a ton of money. Because, you know, the market projections and the number of people that are going to jump in on this game, you know, and, and, and want to try to make a ton of money, that's obviously the concern, is that they'll, they'll make an absolute killing, and then in a year, they'll just walk away and say, yeah, we just couldn't sustain it, the cheaters. It's, it's an amazing scapegoat, is it not? It's, a, it's an amazing scapegoat. Because you can just blame it on you can just blame it on the, the, the cheaters. No 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 not Doc Dark. We're talking about Dr. Disrespect. Not to get us down the NFT rabbit hole further, but I think Doc let his pride get in the way. He thought he could do NFTs right and be better than anyone else. Narrator, and he was wrong. Yeah, I do think sometimes when you when you're at his size, you know, you can start kind of believing your own hype, you know? And I think that that's, you know, I'm not slamming him. I he's good at what he does. He he he's an amazing hype man. He's he's literally making good on his promise of bringing a game to market. I you know that's impressive at some level. Ten dollars from AOZ. People don't understand NFTs is a technique used in crypto to allow decentralized trading of digital assets. If game licenses were made into NFTs, people could once again sell trade digital games. I don't need an NFT to do that. I just need... I, I, I literally just need the company to allow me to do that. Allow me to say, Hey, Steam, I don't want this game anymore. And I give it back to them. I give them the license back. And they give me 10 bucks. And then they have a used license storefront that people can always check to see are there any new recycled licenses for sale. You don't need an NFT to do that. Just build a dadgum license recycling storefront. I don't need an NFT for that. I just need to... See, here's the problem. Innovate on that idea as a consumer benefit and you'd probably stand to make more money. Because if you give me $10 to recycle the license and then another guy comes along and buys the license for 15 bucks, hey, Steam, guess what you just did? You just made $5 and you didn't have to do NFTs. You just had to build a protocol for license recycling. It can't be that hard. All of a sudden, I can't play a beta on Steam. Why? The license expired. Execute license expiration date March 27th of 2023 and I get a payout of 10 bucks. And then somebody else can go buy that recycled license for 15 you, you don't need an NFT to do that. <laughs> Offline from the Game Publishers Network? No. No, because when you would execute the transaction AOZ, it would void the license. And I playing offline, it wouldn't matter. My account goes to open the game and it s- says you have no license to play this. What me being offline doesn't mean anything. 
NFTs solve a problem that they created. The technology's right here. Yeah, I, I don't need I don't I don't I don't need NFTs for, for, for this. I don't. It has to be implemented. Yeah, I here's the thing with NFTs. I've been told more times than I can count that I don't understand them. And yet somehow, in my ignorance and in my inability to understand them, all of my predictions about them came true. It's amazing. It's amazing. You know, guys, NFTs are a lot like a pyramid scheme where in order for the market to sustain its value, you have to keep adding people to the market in order to maintain demand because the actual value of the NFTs is intrinsically linked to an ever-growing demand and the demand is only linked to an ever-growing interest of a populace jumping in. And if that slows down, the bottom will fall out. And look at what happened to almost every single NFT trading market. The bottom fell out. Why? Because as soon as interest and demand slowed down, the big boys dumped. Pump and dump. Value, 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 value. Ooh, demand slowing down. We all sell. And the bottom falls out. I, 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 like, I am not even a financial expert. And I looked at it and I said, this is what's going to happen. And what, three of the markets, three of the major NFT trading markets, that's quite literally what happened to them? Just, boom, bottom falls out. It's not sustainable. It's a freaking pyramid scheme. The only way value increases, or not even increases, the only way value is maintained is with interest and demand in perpetuity. And as soon as interest and demand slows down, all of your all of your numbers shatter because, oh my gosh, value is plummeting because interest is plummeting. Sell. And then your market's gone. And all your value's gone. Early adopters will make a killing here, by the way. Which is exactly the problem. That's exactly the problem. That's why I said, Doc's game will likely make a ton of money. It will likely make a ton of money. Even if his game implodes 12 months after it launches, they'll make a ton of money. Just like every other NFT pump and dump scam. Look at all the pump and dump scams. Look at the lawsuits happening right now and tell me this isn't a quick way to make a buck and then you just walk away and blame it on the cheaters. You just walk away and you blame it on the cheaters. You're like, yeah, we just, too many cheaters, couldn't stay ahead of the cheaters and, you know, sorry, we got to close up shop. And they walk away with just buckets of cash. Because if they if they bake it into the way that NFTs are trading, they'll make money on every transaction. So it'll be like, and all this revenue comes pouring in, right? Break even, profit margin, and as it slows down, cut support. You just cut support. Like, I'm telling you right now, I said all this about NFTs, and it all came true. It wouldn't surprise me at all if that's what happens with Doc's game. I'm not even throwing shade. I'm just telling you, this is a market prediction. My market prediction is that game's EOL in 12 months. The cheaters will overrun the place. The devs, the publishers, the investors, they'll all make a bundle. Early adopters to his game, they'll probably make a pretty sweet, you know, 
chunk of cash. The cheaters will probably make a pretty sweet chunk of cash. And instead of suing all of them, they'll just take the money and run. They'll be like, well, we made a ton of money. Let's get the frick out of here. Let's just shut this thing down and we'll just blame it on cheaters. You know, people weren't visionary enough to support us and we couldn't stay ahead of the cheaters. You know, that'll be the narrative. Is that the cheaters ruined the game? It's an it's an amazing piece of narrative armor. It's an amazing piece of narrative armor. Early adopter team pump and dump. I'm telling you right now, man, it's dangerous. It's really, really freaking dangerous. This kind of volat this kind of volatility and revenue changing hands. Ooh, doggy. You're gonna see some investigations. We're just beginning to see. We are just beginning to see the tip of the litigation iceberg around NFT pump and dump scams. We're seeing the tip of the iceberg. Doc has an ability. He won't be doing the pump and dump. Yeah, it'll be endemic to the game itself. So what's going to happen is the pump will spit out money to all of the investors and all of the you know Doc and all the the, the founders. It'll it'll spit the pump 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 pump, and they're just like holding their hands out, just making money. And whenever it's time to dump, and you cut the bottom out, and you say, "Listen, this game's not sustainable because of the cheaters. It's been completely overrun." What, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? He didn't, he didn't do anything. He didn't tell you to invest. He didn't, he didn't buy a bunch and pump up the value and then sell them all. He gave you a place to do it on your own and the gaming community is going to, going to, going to ruin it. All right, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I owe you guys five members. I'm going to give them to you in the next stream because we might be able to get more than just the first 25 goals. So our next milestone and goal is 50. Give me a brief second. I've got a video about why all the hate is being thrown at Diablo 4. I thought it would be fun to try to do a live reaction. We haven't done one of these in a while. I think Force Gaming makes great content. Would love to have him on the show. So we're going to react to it. I know Gold reacted a couple hours ago and uploaded. I had no idea that he did that. So I, and I love my thumbnail. I came up with an amazing thumbnail this morning. So give me one second to use the restroom real, real quick. Don't go anywhere. Smash the like button. When I come back, we will shift gears to this. If I could get 50 more likes on this video, that would be amazing, right? And I will be right back.
Okay, I'm back. Members get to watch. Members get to watch what? Okay. I there's not this is not members only. This next stream is for everybody. This next stream is for everybody. We're going to be asking the question, why is there all this hate for Diablo? Cuz I'm genuinely curious what in the world's going on. Uh, a lot of negativity. What's his what's his name? It's like force force strategy. Okay. We don't always do two talk shows, but I thought the biggest the biggest issue with Diablo is it's like it's going to be hot right now and then nobody's going to talk about it for until it comes out. Like unless they do more reveals and stuff, so I thought we played it a bunch, you know, I got to kind of strike I got to strike now, right? Uh Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Okay. All right, I'm going to give you guys a link. It's also going to be the featured video on my channel. I will also redirect you. So come with me, right? Don't don't stay here, all right? Don't don't stay in this old stream and don't, you know, don't leave. This is going to be a great conversation, I think. Uh, we don't have to only talk about uh I haven't quite got my hair styled how I typically like it. That's better. Um so, this is going to be a continuation of this stream, and I'm going to redirect you guys, okay? Thank you so much for checking out Reforge Gaming. Reacting to Force Gaming's video, the Diablo 4 hate is something I really want to talk about. I'm kind of surprised at all of the negativity surrounding Diablo 4 gameplay. I dove into the Diablo 4 open beta. I played it quite a bit. I also played the closed beta. I tried Barbarian. I tried Sorcerer. I tried the Druid. Uh, I didn't get a chance to try the beloved Necromancer. So I wanted to react to Force's video. I know Gold reacted to it. He, I, tr- I try not to do what everybody else is doing. I had already planned to react to this. I already had a great thumbnail and title and description. And then I saw uh, Zach's video this morning. So uh, I'm going to end the previous stream and bring everybody over. Make sure as you guys come